the Protect Your Neck Podcast. It's a massive recap show where we'll be talking about results for the past four fight cards as well as ongoings in and out of the cage. Let's go. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is where you can find over at MMA Junkies, as well as OddsChickerUS.com. But on this year's program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA in a bit of a slightly different way. It's going to be an off week this week. Coming off, what is a series of off weeks for me as I had a vacation? I did not plan to come back to an off week. I just have such tunnel vision, as you know, uh, with the way I'm wired to just the uh, nonstop uh, beat and, and my beat on this uh, space. I'm like a whale that goes under for water, and I come up and fucking I don't know what the fuck's going to be changed by the time I come up for water. Um, but uh, yeah, so I came back to an off week and then also had to take a break a little bit even prematurely before UFC 268 uh, because my hand uh, took a break, literally. Um, I'll give you guys updates on that, um, how I'm doing, what I've been up to, uh, and we will be going into a, uh, you know, a bit of a hodgepodge of recaps, which I'll do my best to timestamp. We will go in numerical order, uh, you know, uh, in order of events, uh, from top to bottom as per usual on this show from UFC 267 recap that I was originally going to recap on UFC 268 fight week where I got taken out by the injury bug. Um, we'll recap that week and uh, as well as uh, quick recaps as well as a UFC fight nights 197 and 198. Maybe a little bit of very quick mentions in the Bellator and final Dana White contender series show that was on the tail end of where I left off with you guys or last left off with you guys. Um, and we will get into listener questions. Of course, lots of happenings. Almost more outside the cage than in because it is MMA and you know the nature on how things get reported to. Again, the nature of MMA, it is it, it's kind of hard to be surprised. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that because I'm sure it'll come up al natural uh, as we will be closing off with listener questions. Um, that's right, as I tweeted out uh, via well at Dan Tom MMA where I most um, you know you can find me I'm most active personally. Um, of course, you could follow uh, and, and like uh, at the PYN podcast on all social uh, platforms. Uh, don't pollute your feed, and it really does help. I hate advertising that shit because I hate social media. But whatever. Uh, and I'm probably going to be getting off of Facebook. Shout out to the Behind the Bastards pod. Go listen to that shit, the Facebook episodes. And if you want to see what happened to you know, uh, you know, know, your friends and family and maybe a little bit of you yourself, uh, really good episode. Behind the Bastards, great podcast. Uh, if you guys learn the history and just... Learning about cool shit, um, but yeah, what the fuck was I going with that? Oh yeah, you guys, you guys could uh, get at me with questions there. Uh, thank you. I will be shouting you guys. Um, and again, it will be uh, toward the end. A um, <clears throat> couple quick shouts before I get into uh, uh, again a quick recap of you know just where I've been and leading into the recap of these events. More importantly, um, just wanted to shout out my man Dan Albert uh, of the fightsite.com at type writing da if you want to find him on twitter i shared an article of his and i wanted to give it a more meaningful share to going through it's a lot of stuff that of course dan's talked about or talked with me about perhaps even talked with you about 
uh, he uh, is a is a smart cat, uh, but uh, he really uh, really broke down kind of the essence of uh, Peter Yan there in his game. A real in-depth, long form there. I suggest you go check out. I'm going to go give this probably another share and, like, tag things onto the episode, which I think I'm going to do a better job at if I reference something. Um, and or picks. Maybe not so much plays because of how it's structured, how I get my content. I know I was doing that for fun. We'll get to that. But uh, I'll get a little better about that. So I'm going to... Um, Give another round on that article by Dan Albert. You really should check out. Give him a follow. Good dude. Especially if you like boxing. Um, and boxing and history and stuff. Really good with that stuff. And then speaking of fight side dudes, of course, you know, I got to shout my man, Ben Cohn and Ben's Meat. Ben's Beef Jerky at Agent Ben 10 on Twitter. Um, yeah, I finally, I finally got some uh, some of his... Uh, some of his meat for some tasting, and uh, it tastes. <laughs> I like it. A, I like it a meat. Uh, very good. Well, another early '90s SNL uh, reference there, I guess. Um, so I, I wanted to give him a shout. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I. I uh, so again, I. Um, it, it's been a while. It's good to talk to you guys. This is the part of the MMA space I like. Um, as some of you saw on Twitter, I probably was like more active than I should have been on vacation. Like Dan, what are you doing? You always say you're gonna. Believe me, I know, but um, between, you know, my plans to uh, work out, uh, tinker on my car, uh, what else, you know, just do other things that required uh, physical, um, you know, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to complain, I can still get done with both hands, and plenty of people with, you know, permanent, uh, worse things to deal with, uh, achieve more than me, I'm not trying to, all respect, not trying to, you know, play a fucking violin, it's it's whatever, but I'm just saying, it is, it also is what it is, like, I, I couldn't do a lot of what I planned, which sucks, and, again, not to play the violin, but those of you been listening, especially since, like, 2017 or so, know that my off weeks in this space are fucking cursed, like, I just need to stop taking them, and when I do take them, I need to stop announcing them, uh, because, as you, know, as you all know, it's just, like, the hurdles, I can't even, like, keep track, like, I was having power outages, internet outages, um, my girl's car was going, I had to go, uh, or was it plumbing, it was a car one week, it was plumbing another, um, you know, shit over here, it just, that, that's just how it goes, I'm not even going to complain at this point, right, I'm not trying to play a violin, I'm just stating facts at this point, right, um, so, yeah, uh, that all kind of hit the fan, and, oh my goodness, it was just like, the dogs weren't even getting into a fight, uh, sometimes they just still get into, they get a little bit aggressive with each other, especially if like, you know, it's an unexpected door knock, even though I have two fucking signs on the door to not knock, and people still feel the need to fucking knock, uh, anyways, um, getting this ring thing installed with some cameras, that should help with security and also the alarming of the dogs, um, you know, still still working on that with some training tricks. Uh, the dogs have been better. To credit, they actually have been getting a lot better. Um, you know, aside from a, a little scuffle the other day, which was partially me Madre's fault. Um, you know, still uh, shouts to the people with aphasia taking care of people with aphasia. You know, it's uh, that's its own struggle. Uh, so there was other uh, you know factors in that, but the dogs are great. They weren't in, even in an actual fight, and they've actually been on a good track record of doing better, folks. So I, I almost hate to even bring that up, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was just you know secured one with the right, and I was like non-committal. It was like, are, am I gonna do like one of those stiff arm checks? Am I gonna grab a collar? And when you have a non-committal hand, um, that's when you can get injured, especially those of you who know anything about striking or you know, especially with you know in the old traditional martial arts are asking you to really use your finger dexterity and and everything for a purpose, and you really fuck up your hands and shit. Back in the day, doing some of those moves if you didn't come correctly, right? 
um, which, you know, the same can happen with a punch and all these things. It's it's an un, unstructured, uncommitted hand. Uh, still, I just thought it was like a finger jam. I was like, ah, motherfucker. And it just hurt really bad. And I'm like, okay, finger jam should hurt, but you know, not to toot my own horn. Your boy's got a pretty decent pain tolerance over here. Why the, Why is it hurting so bad? And sure enough, I started having swelling not just at the knuckle, but kind of behind it. Something gave way. Um because I thought it was just the pinky and ring finger-ish that got caught at a weird angle, extended. And uh, anyways, get x-rays, all that stuff, get in, thankfully, uh, even though I'm just stressed out. I had to call off work because I was traveling to Chicago, which I'll, I'll get to. It's a good trip. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I had a plane to catch a bunch of shit that week, right? Just crazy. So like, and those of you who know me, like I, I shared with you before, I have this reoccurring nightmare since I've gotten in the media space. Uh, obviously, it has to do with deadlines, but I'm always running late catching planes and like you know it's like giant tidal waves uh can't find something to pack in my bag so illogical to logical like everything getting thrown at you and it all seems logical whilst you're in the dream right um so it was just really fun to have your literally your dreams come to life at you like that um sorry i'm rambling here but yeah it was it sucked anyways i was at the doctor and i'm getting you know looking at the x-rays and they're like you look like you've actually broken your hand and fractured it before uh, when did you do that? And I'm like, I don't, not that hand. I, I busted the other one before my right hand a few years ago. Um, like, no, I don't not, not nothing. I like I fractured my thumbs, but this was on the other side of the hand. Right. And yeah, apparently there was just like a bunch of like old marks and breaks. Like he showed me that it were like more clear than the one that just happened. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. Well, that explains why my hand gave way. Um, and explains why my pain tolerance is, you know, again, I'm not just something I'm bragging about it that believe me, I wish I had a normal fucking pain tolerance. I wish I got drunk off one beer. I wish drugs worked on me folks, but it doesn't. So, uh, they don't, they don't necessarily do the same way. So I don't know why it's just, it's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I had to pull the rip cord. I only got you guys breakdown videos. I did post my picks and plays. Uh, as they got progressively shittier through the break, because I was just having fun, uh, but they were also shitty cards. And since I was having fun, I wasn't researching shitty cards. And by the looks of it, you know, and by some of these results, which we'll talk to, um, <laughs> seemed to uh, chew a bunch of people up because you know, and uh, not not taking shots or even feather feather in the nest for my fall. But as we'll talk about some of these results, these you know, there, there were some pretty crazy ones in there, some fun ones too. So uh, I, I definitely want to get to that. But yeah. Um, Basically, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of the things I, I wanted to get done on this break between, uh, you know, me breaking to like, you know, people being on vacation uh, to, uh, from, you know, car people, uh, work things, everything. Just so just it just man, did timing not work out. So um, I tried to use some of this to recoup. But when, you know, you're around and fucking you, you, I'm not outdoors like I wanted to. I'm not tinkering on my car like I wanted to I'm not working out like I wanted to. Um, you naturally get on the fucking phone, right? And um, and then yeah, just just shit in the news from outside of MMA to within MMA, bumming me out. And I made the mistake of you know, uh, which we'll get to, uh, you know, tweeting about these things and not like crazily, you know, not like this is outrage. You should be outraged too. I want the jobs. Just calling shit out for what it is and stating previous things that I've stated before and been frankly proven right on. But as you know, you cannot do that stuff in MMA. This is not a place. Uh, you know, for uh, empathy, qualities, uh, concern for health, uh, fighters, or human beings in general. Not really the space for that. 
So, uh, you know, we will talk about that, though, because, you know, there are good people here listening to this show, and they asked about certain questions on certain things. So I'll just let whatever listeners come up. I don't want to fucking beat your guys' ears. Um, you guys, because frankly, you guys know where I stand on all this shit. Again, it's nothing politics. No political here, folks. You have to be political uh, to not be a racist asshole. That's pretty much it. Or call out racist shit. Um, that's pretty much it. So, uh, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, enough of me being a journalist, air quotes. Uh, you know, because it's like the biggest insult these days. I'm like, okay. I'm actually not a journalist, but I'm still <laughs> conduct myself. If you read that code of ethics thing, shouts out the sound of violence for sharing that. Uh, you, you, yeah. Anyways, f- f- fuck people. Uh, but hey, you guys, it's good to see you. <laughs> Chicago was awesome, by the way. I met some good people there. Uh, you know, always nervous meeting the in-laws. By the way, but it's like, oh shit. Uh, I, you know, I got along with everybody, which was awesome. Um, had some Portillo's. Holy shit. Best hot dogs in the world. Hot dogs just don't taste the same. West coast. We don't have any snap in our dogs and we don't have any culture in our food. Hence why like, you know, most people from the West coast think like in and out burgers, God's greatest gift when it's just overrated trash, but neither here nor there is I just fucking killed half my fan base by being critical on in and out and countering the steering wheel of overrated. Um, top five most overrated anything, In-N-Out Burger, along with Elon Musk. Um, but yeah, um, I lose more fans, Dan. Wow. Why don't you? Tell us how you really feel. But, uh, yeah, Portillo's fucking awesome. And I know it's a chain, but even, again, Midwest, the South, East Coast, I'll take those chains any day over West Coast chains. I mean, we are just cultureless fucking trash out here. Um, I'm sorry, and I just, and I, I'm a West Coast person, folks, and not talking shit, I got plenty of friends on the West Coast, and I, don't take it personal, I'm just saying, we, we, it's a fact, we lack, we lack history, and culture, <laughs> and it reflects to even today within the food that we goddamn offer. Um, there's plenty of good places in California that I, yes, you can, there's good places in Vegas too, believe it or not. Granted, you have to pay for these, and it's again, it's not the same history. You're getting some watered-down version. They're either ripping it off, or if they under the same banner, it's like, eh. okay, Grimaldi's, you can ship the water from New York, and I appreciate that. And you're right, that does make a difference on the dough, but God, it's still not the same as going to New York. And By the way, there's actually a lot of trash New York pizza, too. So again, it's both ways, folks. It, it goes both ways. There's, there's overrated shit everywhere. Ah, oh, God, you got to preface everything, don't you, these days, Dan? Um... But yeah, man, I, I wish I just had more time to eat because, uh, you know, my fat ass, like I need to do any more of that, uh, especially while I'm injured and can't work out. But goddamn, uh, I love me some food towns. So Chicago, I knew I was already going to love you uh, that much. I got to go back, though. I didn't get to walk by uh, the United Center. Um, hopefully eventually it'd be cool to go to a game there, basketball game, you know. I think are the Bulls finally decent again. I'm, I'm so out of the loop on, on combats or on outside of combat sports. Outside of MMA, I should say. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, Chicago friends. There's like Hal from Chicago and other people I owe visits to. I apologize I didn't hit you guys up. It was just, it was honestly a quick trip, you know, for family stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely was just, uh, I was just tagging along. So I wasn't going to, you know, uh, just impose on that one. But next one. Um, yeah, guys, I haven't really been doing too much of shit. It's been. I've been so fucking toast and burnt out, which is kind of obvious if you listen to me. And, you know, I still am a bit. Like, I, I, I'm still motivated to come back to work because I want to make money. So we can all agree on that. That's why a lot of you guys are here. Um, even though, 
I can't imagine even half that crowd that I usually draw is listening because I'm not breaking anything down. So you're just essentially, unless you care about me or my recaps, that's a real smile. And I don't blame you, by the way. Like, you, you shouldn't care. I'm just saying it's, you know, y'all are the real ones listening to this, but uh, me just fucking wax. But, hey, there's a lack of content out there. So, hey, um, just don't take it personal with the West Coast and the in and out jabs, please, folks. Um, people get fucking crazy about that shit. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I haven't been able to do much. It's been fucking burnt. But yeah, like I'm motivated to come back and make money. I'm motivated to work and stuff because that's just how I'm wired. I got to do shit. And I had all this energy to offload and anger to offload and like workout form. And instead, um, I just get another injury. And it's, again, it's small. I'm not trying to play my fucking violin here or anything like that bullshit. Believe me. There are much bigger problems. Just for me, it's more of an accumulation thing. Just fucking these years of just having my off weeks constantly sabotage whenever I say anything too loudly to the universe or, uh, you know, just the abdominal hernias, abdominal wall reconstructions, the breakages, the... Uh, the immune system, I just, it just all adds up. All the, I mean, every, almost every test run in the book on you, you just, I'm just tired of this shit. And I just, I just want to work out, sleep and work and that's it, you know? That's the funny thing, like, I really don't tweet about a disproportionate amount of political things or inflammatory things that just get a lot of attention because I have a stupid blue check mark. And I work in a fucking super sensitive space like MMA, if you can't sense that sarcasm. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I really... You know, like I was telling my my, my editor in chief, you know, uh, you know, shouts to shouts to uh, Simon Simano. I don't like to, you know, peel back the curtain too much. I keep work, you know. I respect those doors uh, behind the scenes. This isn't a big deal. Just just to show you that I, I that the support that I do get behind the scenes uh, means a lot to me. You know, decided and uh, you know, if I want to go write a piece, in other words, what I'm trying to say here is I've got already gotten those permissions from my editors and chiefs, even on sensitive subjects. Um, you know, uh, like racial rhetoric, so f- so forth and etc. That it, that does exist in our sport uh, more than it should. Um, I, but I like I've told them like to be honest. I know I may come off this way. You know, I know it's, it's the everyone. He's a journalist. He's in whatever associations I get for being a journo or media member. Even though I'm not a journalist, but just being a media member, part of junkie, whatever associations you want to attribute to me. Um, the crazy part is, is like, I just want to fucking talk about fights, man. I just want to watch fights, nerd about the nuances, make some money as a gambler, have some fun, um, you know, eat good food, work out and be healthy and happy. Like, you know, that's really all I want. Um, you know, I, 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 my free time, I'm trying to make more time to do off-road stuff. Um, you know, I was a person who never got the flu shot because I'm like, I'm going to stay healthy. I don't need uh, the flu vaccine. Keep it for people who really need it. You know, uh, I, I used to listen to, you know, I haven't listened in over half a decade. But back when Rogan's podcast first came out, like over a decade ago, you bet your ass. I was a religious listener and, and credited a lot of things that I was exposed to uh, to that podcast. You think I would with all those things said, it's like you think I would be ripe to just fall in line with like the MMA crowd of just, you know, you know, falling in line, going anti-vaxxer, these things are being right. What, or, you know, but yet I get labeled let, and it's like, really? And I don't, I'm not even going to call myself center because those are a bunch of assholes too. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm none of them, man. Um, I'm none of them. I just, I don't give a shit. I just, I, I, I just hate. 
racism, racial rhetoric, discrimination, uh, phobias, transphobias. Uh, I just, I don't like that shit, you know? I don't know, man. I just, I grew up with a lot of different people, gay, straight, different colors, and uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem like that hard of a lesson for me to absorb to not fucking judge people just based off these shits. I mean, I, I call me crazy. That's just, that's just a basic-ass thing, and that's at the root of the things that I get most impassioned about uh, non-combat sports-wise. We will talk about the things that I get impassioned about here shortly. Um, but yeah, that that's, wow, 20 minutes too 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 long. But yeah, that, that was basically, um, I know it kind of went everywhere there. <laughs> Pretty unstructured. But uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what I've been watching and observing. So it's like, I miss you guys. I miss being back. I'm looking forward to making some money for hopefully, you know, if it's for me, it's for all of us because I'm transparent to a fault on here. Um, I'm looking forward to that, but like just existing in this space and having to scroll through the timeline just to get my job done. I, I still don't miss that part, man. And, and was, you know, it is my fault for not affording myself a break on my break too, but, uh, it's really hard to not fall into those patterns. You know, we all kind of have it. Uh, you don't even need the uh, OCD, ADD, Tourette's. And the other things that I officially have, uh, you don't need any of those things to do that. It's kind of, we all kind of have a bit of that now. And uh, so, my bad, I, you know, I, I probably should have stayed off more. Um, but uh, I appreciate those of you who reached out, those of you who missed me, I missed you. And even if we don't agree on everything from uh, stupid things at least, like like In-N-Out Burger or whatever, I hope we can, uh, you know, all still have some good times, be friends and you know, save uh, save the argument for the real issues um, and, and not, not get so bent out of shape about the stupid stuff. Uh, yeah. So UFC 267 was less than one good recap out of all these ones. Um, your boy got paid. You know, I know I've always been stressing because I've been on that borderline to withdraw. And even though um, kind of like last year around the same time I was looking when I took the time off it was during a, another Glover to share card for Santos and I remember cashing really big I wanted to name a a, a part on my car that I bought with it <laughs> Glover just because um, I used the winnings from that fight specifically to purchase something for my vehicle um, and uh, I almost went perfect and I, I it was you know I wanted to pick Glover. I thought I was going to pick Glover. And I'm like, Dan, you can't just keep running with the. you got to not be non-biased. And da, 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 da. And I did that whole thing. And I probably overcorrected the steering wheel against my bias. You know, you're harder on the ones you love. Uh, I did a bit of a sadness hedge, as, as Phil McKenzie said. Uh, and uh, so I went with Jan Blakovich. But I went perfect picks um, up till that point, which would have been perfect picks twice in a month on not necessarily the easiest cards to do it, by the way. So that that was pretty good, right? Right? For, for what it's worth. And uh, for what it's worth, um, made some money. I think I went one, two, three, four plus one unknown parlay pieces, but there was the layered parlay. I think that's what it was. Three and four in props, but that's, you know, oh uh, and five in prop round flyer ads, um, but still came up on top on that fight. Or enough to get me over the hump that I wanted or I withdrew and uh, pretty much done with Christmas shopping for like the first time ever, which is crazy. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, using the extra to buy some buy more car parts that I wanted and, and, and needed in some cases. Um, and um, 
and the rest, of course, to cover the time off because um, your boy was already going to lose money. <laughs> it is the life of an independent contractor, folks. You don't work, you don't get paid. It's that simple. And we don't get paid a lot in this industry, like the fighters and the other independent contractors, which is, again, why I, I'm a scumbag media member who um, who cares about that so much, you know? Uh, it's because, you know, not just because I'm a scumbag, but because I, I relate to these fighters. Um, and so, you know, that's the game. So that's why I stress myself out because, yeah, it's the money. The money struggle is real, folks. So, uh, I, you know, I, I shouldn't have, you know, it shouldn't be conflating my, my for fun playing here with it. But um, it had definitely helped this year. I'll tell you that the the for not having the best you know, and I gotta imagine that's the case for everybody, so I'm not trying to fucking, you know, say anything y'all don't already know. 2020, 2021, and MMA of all places, bit of volatile place to find results. Um, my picks haven't been great this year, which I already called out, which made part of my, you know, part of the reason, you know, the universe, right? You wrote your own future. Um, I, I already said I was gonna have a bad pick percentage from like June. <laughs> I was like, I already stopped looking at my standings. Um, which I believe I'm still going to finish toward the top, I guess, even though I'm like fucking just eating shit horribly the last end of this year, even worse. I don't know how that works. Like, I feel like I should be at the bottom of the standings, uh, if anything. Um, but uh, I hope John's still up top because somehow he hasn't won all these years, so he deserves to finally win one, man. Yeah, <laughs> He's also towards the top, so hopefully he's still there. But yeah, I, I, despite me not doing great on picks, it's been a, it's been a pretty decent betting year. I'll, tell, I'll say that and it saved my ass because... There's certain sure shit ain't a lot of money in this industry. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of that and outdoor and all that stuff, I invested in um, a Sony A6400 for streaming. Not gonna be able to stream with that bad boy yet because my Mac can't handle it. Uh, I haven't tried, but I just know it can't from the specs. Um, and that, I already knew that as part of the plan. I was going to have to go with a, a custom for the streaming anyways, which is great. It's an excuse for gaming. It's an excuse for non-Mac shit, and so on and so forth. Um, so that plan's still going to be. So you guys won't be able to see that like classic YouTube look. I'm going to be using, I already got the lens too, um, that 16 millimeter lens where it kind of does a blur in the background a bit and really puts you into focus. Um, be shooting in 4K, all that good, glorious stuff. But uh, I gotta learn to use the camera in the meantime, and the reason why I went with the 6400, as opposed to the 600 or the EZV, which is like for vlogging, um, or other uh, others, was just because uh, I also want to use this again for outdoor stuff to shoot and record video for my FJ blogs and doing that side stuff because um, I feel like that stuff will get more traction, both numbers and monetary, faster than. The years and years and years and years I keep putting in MMA and can't, you know, get the stupid things like 10K or whatever followers that I thankfully have stopped fucking holding over my head. Same with like getting the 300 episodes. Like this is 289. I had a plan to get to 300, but with after busting my hand and just the way everything went, I'm just like, I'm not even going to fucking stress it. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, I just, you know, I'm... I'm Trying to be gonna make it make it a point to be healthier next year, make make more time for these side hobbies, especially these side hobbies. Who knows if they end up paying more? I fucking won't take me much to abandon this this ship at this point, you know. Um, it, with with this amount of shit that I see in this space, that makes me sick. But um, that and then you know too. Who knows if I could get with a camera? That's just you know that's just work right there. I could pick up if I could get pretty decent with a camera. 
some decent equipment, you know. So that's kind of where my head's at. Still investing to the show and to this future. Obviously, it's what I do. It's what I'm good at. But, you know, making sure I'm killing two or three birds with one stone with these investments. Thank you for your guys' support. Uh, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com for that. But, yeah. Uh, uh, wow. I, do I even time? Do I timestamp now? Twenty minute, 28 minutes in, we get to the recaps? I guess so. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been pretty crazy. So we got uh, what Glover Deshera yet yeah, defeated Jan Blakovich. That was awesome. I got to give ten minutes of Glover love. Jesus, uh, for Brad. Uh, shout out to Ad Brad's Chuck the MMA analysis. That's their guy, man. They've been on the Glover and, Ch- and Chucky Olives train uh, forever. And for those two guys to become champs in this year of all years, that's pretty crazy. Definite shouts to that OG podcast. Uh, some good dudes over there um, who have hung out in, with in Poison. Um, and, uh, so I'm always happy for those dudes and, uh, but more importantly, happy for Glover. I mean, you want to talk about good dude. Glover is the dude. Um, Glover is, uh, by the way, Brad, when I get, when I got to get, when I'm giving this Glover love, do I got to wear a glove to give him love or how does that go? Do I have to make eye contact? That's a big, yeah, that's a big, uh, that's a big, that's a, you know, that's, that's a big, big sticking point for me. <laughs> but, uh, no, Glover, man, he deserves all the love. Um, you know, one of the nicest sportsmen ever, as you guys saw me tweet, just, you know, and, and John Anik was really getting that out there as well. Um, it just It's just good to see, you know, in a sport full of just fucking, you know, scumbags like the media wanting fighters to get paid more. It's nice to see, uh, it's nice to see, like, guys like Glover getting theirs, man. And, you know, I me, mean, the older guy, the old guy thing, all that stuff, man. Shouts to Glover's Garage, right? And saying if they in the Abercrombie and Fitch style MMA shirts with just like casual references, Glover's Garage would be one of them. You know, established like 1960 whatever, whenever he was born. <laughs> He's not that old. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was awesome, man. Um, you know, when by the way, when Jan Blachowicz when he said he left his Polish power in the hotel room, did that mean? Did he just like? My head just went to like, oh, his poor fucking girlfriend. No, no. <laughs> she took his chi, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absorbed it. All right, easy, Dan. We get it. They fucked. All right, Jesus. Uh, no, I don't know. That's what I thought. I mean, you know, he left it in the... Women weak in legs. Whack. <laughs> and Mick, I don't know. He's, he's, just, he's just a girl at the pet store, you know? He's, he's, he's... All right, um, Peter Yan defeated Corey Sanhagen. Again, shouts to my guy um, Dan Albert there, at typewriting DA on his, his Peter Yan piece. Um, excellent fight, entertaining fight, but uh, yeah, man, that was that was, that was was the Yan show uh, for sure. Um, just, just fun to watch him. Sorry, I'm not going to really technically break these down. They've been so long, but there, there, there are definitely a lot of takeaways there. Uh, Makhachev just ran through Hooker. Um... Volkov defeated Tibura. I probably should have leaned heavier to that in the parlay piece, but he was amongst the parlays. Khamshat uh, Shemaev. I, hey, I say Khamshat, and then who who says it the following week? Colby fucking Covington. He stopped following me, you know, for whatever reason, probably because I, you know, again, me, you know, me, I tend to tend to post things that upset people, but um. But uh, yeah, maybe Kobe Kobe still listens to this podcast, folks, because he's out there. Uh, he was out there throwing the cum shot Shemaev, who just took it to Lee, man. I know I threw those those fun little darts on Lee just for the fuckery of it, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, Shemaev's good, man. Uh, I'm not 
hating on him. I just, again, I'm just not, I don't see why I have to like suck his dick and perform full fellatio. I just wanted to see him against a, a, a welterweight who can wrestle and is sizable. And everyone keeps trying to match him up with like dudes who aren't known for their wrestling and aren't that big. Like Gilbert, or like Li Jing Liang, he's got that, you know, our strength, but like he's not like the big a big welterweight by any means so like not only non-wrestlers but like not even like sizable dudes uh, again it might not even matter at this point um you know uh, Jemayev just from the skills and stuff and I've said this before again it's not that I haven't I just it's you know and and by the way nothing wrong with with sucking some dick no matter you know uh, what you identify as it's all good believe me but uh just I'm just saying like do I have to can I just cover these fighters do I have to like fillet every one of them or do I have to like flate this guy super hard because he's the guy now like of the month like I don't know man anyways fucking lockjaw of the mouth um, Dagestani Stipe Magomed Ankalaev defeated Vulcan Uzdemir I don't remember much of this but um, Ankalaev is a uh, uh, you know I'm pretty sure he's you know continuing you know continuing to win in that sense making people who've you know called him a dark horse uh, look good um you know, I believe he's been on somewhat of a, you know, and I might have referenced him that, you know, not specifically, but like, yeah, he's been one of those guys on the lookout. I know my man, um, Bronstetter, Aaron, uh, has been um, on the ankle lab train for a minute, so I'll give him a shout for sure. Uh, women's strawweight, Amanda Hibash defeated uh, Verna Genjihoba. That, that was by decision prop. I remember cashing. That was good, especially after she lost the first round, because you would have just thought, like, oh, Maybe she or confidence and gas tank, but again, a lot of these things not necessarily gone, gone the you know, even if the winners or the favorites won, not necessarily in the ways that you thought, right? So uh, you know, good on her to prove that wrong and show, perhaps bolster her confidence. Maybe not too much, you know. You don't want to run in there and get in a, get in a stand-up contest on the regular, uh, and I don't like that low guard from what I remember. Uh, Zubaira Tukhugov defeated Ricardo Hamosh. Um, Interesting fight. I don't remember watching a lot of it, and I remember people much smarter than I having interesting takeaways, so I will defer to them. Not much to say there. I remember sweating my balls out there, although for uh, Albert Durayev to defeat Roman Kopilov via decision, uh, he missed that sub, which would have been nice. But again, a lot of these sub things, I will say, um, I've been whiffing on a lot of... On a lot of sub, uh, on a lot of sub props more than usual. Those are usually my bread and butter, but in my defense, even when I whiff, like, they're going for them and, like, almost getting them in the exact rounds I call them for in the positions. For what it's worth. They're going out there. They're trying it. That's all I can ask. But, you know, that cardio, decision-making, a lot of question marks there for Durayev. Um, Elise Zaleski dos Santos um, murdered twice over uh, Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, of course, uh, Vicheslav Kieslev. I don't know if it's because he didn't have that Russian guy... Uh, was it Grabowski? The guy who goes, Maybe he didn't hear the, Whatever, there's someone in Russian tell me. Uh, Tumen, maybe you can uh, tell me what, what the hell does Grigorsky say when he's uh, when, when he's like announcing all the names and he's, they're always going, But like, yeah, Valesky, no one, you know, Kieslev, no one woke him up, the referee, and was he was just, you know, it was just gross. You know, you don't need me to rehash that whole thing. But, like, it wasn't even about uh, not cashing the bet, though. Obviously, I had DeSantos big inside the distance. And if you had that ticket, it should have cashed, too. I feel y'all. But, like, it was just more about just obviously the health and just gross, 
just the grossness, you know, no one can step in. And you blame the corner too, yes, but this, and I'm not, not blaming the corner, uh, you know, between it being an MMA corner and the guy being uh, French Special Forces and shit. Um, I, I was not expecting a stoppage. So I'm not, uh, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm just saying that, that, that wasn't the surprise. It just, the, the doctors failed and the ref grossly failed. And just a note, um, I kind of retweeted it when I tweeted this one, Eric Anders referencing John Jones and Matt Hamill, um, these situations where it's like, and this one didn't include a DQ, although when the ref decided to finally penalize and take action, it was against Elisa Dzeski for just the most incidental of incident fouls in a fight that should have already been stopped ten times over by the third round. It took a point that really upset people, almost more than the fight allowed to go on, you know, that point take. And um, so, again, it didn't end in a DQ, but I, I, I did want to reference that tweet where it almost seems like in these fights where the refs negligently allow action to go on much longer than it should, that the person who is doling out the damage almost subconsciously finds a way, uh, almost finds a way to foul because they're just trying to find a way to convince the ref that this, this fight should be over. Let me try this move then, okay? He's not going to stop it. Let me try doing this. And uh, there was a lot of that too. So it just was like... Yeah, it was just fucking disgusting. Um, that's our sport. Uh, Mikhail Oleksajuk defeated Shamil Gamzatov. Shamzatov there. TKL punches. Uh, I should have played that. Um, but uh, congrats if you got that Oleksajuk plus money. Uh, Lerone Murphy defeated Mahwan Amirkhani. Um, I didn't see it ending that way, but I did say that's gonna you're going to sweat. You're going to think you have a bad bet in the first round, and then Murphy's going to come back. So at least that did happen. Um, Petrosky by sub. Uh... He did it, man. He went for it. I didn't think he was going to get it. I already was ready to tear my ticket, you know, because it felt like he had he had trouble wrestling. Huge thug. Very huge thug. Big guy. Very big guy. You know, you know, you like him, Trump. Um, you know, by submission, arm triangle. By the way, Petrovsky, you know, he's got, you know, I was joking. I'm like, he seems like a, like in his social medias. I'm like, he kind of has the, and again, I don't let it stop my, my, my bias as far as picks or plays, folks. Uh, like another guy I cashed on, what was his name? That Garcia, Steve Garcia cat. I went to his social medias and I got kind of a similar vibe and maybe not as much conspiracy theory stuff from Petrovsky's, but like, you know, he probably would have been, you know, it's just funny. It looks like he'd be a part of that crowd and then he has like the Russian sickle and hammer and it's just, and we'll get to that question. Someone actually asked a question about this and uh, it's like, yeah. No, with the, this whole, you know, because we're back in the fucking 1980s now. That was my Iron Sheik reference, folks. Um, you know, c- communist is just what you say. Like, the, it's like we're in the 50s or 80s again. It's just like it resurfaces every 30 years or so. Uh, and, and now it's just like a slang, but it's like, well, if you are buff, white, bearded dude or blonde, white, special forces looking chick um i guess you can have all the communist shit tattooed on your body your red flags wrapped around you than you want and no one's gonna give you shit but okay um sorry pre uh, preemptively answering a question there uh i just i couldn't help think of that but thank you for cashing the bet for me mr mr petrovsky uh tajir ulambekov defeated alan nascimento in a very sketchy decision uh i wouldn't have hated if nascimento got it off activity but um was not surprised to see tajir win uh, so yeah, that was that card. Um, yeah, somewhere like 28, 39. Uh, da, da. 
28, uh, 39, UFC 268 recap. Uh, try to go through this kind of quickly, folks, sorry. Uh, Usman Covington 2, this was the week I got fucked up on. Um, yeah, I ended up picking uh, Kamara Usman to defeat Colby Covington. Um, I'm not sure how I officially did it since my article didn't come out or what I said in the video. Um, I think I probably called for a stoppage, though, um, which we almost got, and you could arguably say should have got, but I didn't watch the fight too closely. I was at a, I was at a, a family reunion at this point. Again, that's another reason why it was a short and sweet trip. Uh, it was for my girlfriend's family reunion. I was in Chicago. So I was just drunk as all hell, and I'll tell you the one fight I tried to make a, a, a real effort at in a second, but I had this playing on my phone. I was just so fucking drunk and, like, constantly just, like, having conversations. Like, it was just, you know, I wasn't looking down on my phone too much at this. Um, Rose Namajunas defeated Zhang Wei Li. Uh, I remember just getting really excited at first because it looked like Zhang was doing good, and then Rose was just banking rounds with the top control. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see her win, and from the sound of it, you know, it sounded like Zhang Weili had an argument to win for sure. But I, again, folks, I'm not. You know, I picked I've I've picked against Zhang plenty of times before uh, against other other opponents who were you know racist toward her like Yan Jacek and scored fights after the fact uh, against Zhang Weili. It's not a, you know, it's not a bias that that bleeds through through. Um, you know, uh, ridiculously for me because a unlike most fucking journalists, I just reread that code of ethics and it just made me even more pissed off at this space but like yeah it's like yeah I, I state my biases clearly one of the few people will do that and still somehow give you a much more honest product go figure um but yeah uh thankfully rose kept her i know i got a lot of shit for making that again one tweet in the beginning of the week and i didn't do anything again because nothing else was said because uh, you could tell someone got in Rose's ear, and she's just like, I'm just focusing on this fight. Like, you could tell she was already fucking coached. Like, Rose, don't say stupid shit. People are actually finally calling out um, racial rhetoric, uh, much less racial rhetoric toward Asians, which was even less of a chance of being called out amongst the racial rhetoric category in general, much less in this MMA space. Maybe shut the fuck up, Rose. I feel like she got some version of that. Um, so, for whatever that's worth... Thank you, Rose, for not flooding the airwaves with that, I guess. Do I, should I be thinking? Either way, I'm, I'm trying, folks. I'm trying, okay. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, so that was, you know, so that, that happened. Uh, again, I just did not want the fight to happen in the first place. It was just stupid. Uh, again, for everybody being anti-China and pro-billionaires and UFC and fuck the fighters, um, they're the one benefiting off of business from China, along with all so many other people that are fucking idolized um, by this same group who hates the Chinese. It's so fucking odd. Um, clearly, you know, these these fighters don't have crazy pull on their own. It is the people managing them. It is the bigger picture deciding where they get slotted in. Um, and that's the sad part. This was never, you know, if, if Zhang Weili had good people looking out for her, this wouldn't, you know... That's not how it goes. You don't have a lot of options in this game, much less the country she comes from, folks. So, again, with all these anti-Chinese hate, hate, it's not, not a lot of sympathy for the people that have to fucking uh, live there and be oppressed by their um, long history around the world uh, to being literally genocided from within. It's, you know, it's, uh, 
the Uyghurs or whatever are not the only groups <laughs> persecuted by the Chinese Chinese government, folks. It's the actual people, particularly women. That's why I went on that big diatribe when Zhang Weili won the title explaining how fucking big that is. So it was cool that we got to have that moment and Chinese women have to have that moment because it's, you know, it's... I don't want to say it's un, it, it was needed. It was it was it was an unheard of reality. That's how fucking much it was needed. So, you know, it was cool that Zhang Weili got to reach that. Uh, perhaps she will reach it again, um, but probably not for a while. Um, we'll see how that division plays out. Marlon Vera defeated uh, Frankie Edgar. Yeah, I picked Edgar, and it was stupid. I actually picked change to go back. Um, I think because I wasn't working toward the end of the week, uh, I got just got like swayed on picks, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go do that. And then, sure enough. Should have stuck with my original pick. Um, was wrong on Shane Burgos defeating Billy Quarantine, Billy Quarantillo, Billy Q, Buffalo. Um, but uh, you know me, man. I'm, I'm I'm a Billy Q backer, and biased or not, he showed why. He he's a guy that will fight for your fight for your proverbial dollar. There, Justin Gaethje defeated Michael Chandler in an amazing fight. I still got to go back to watch, but this was the one fight where I was like pulling random kids. Random people, random adults going, come here, come here. I know you're not a fight fan or I don't know if you're a fight fan or not, but you got to watch this shit. And I added it on my phone and I gathered people around and I think we enjoyed it. I, we're pretty fucked up, folks. So uh, I'm not the best, uh, I'm not the most unreliable narrator here. I know Alex Bejeda cashed a round two uh, prop. It was either going to be the round one or round two that he won, so I played it. Um, this logic, I would like to think, should have worked more than it it. it, it than it has for the last three cards because I've been fucking hitting dead on like all my round props. But this one proved to be right. I know I helped some other people cash out there, so that was cool. Bobby Green defeated Ally Quinta, TKO punches. Um, I should have went harder on Green than I already did. You guys already know, like Bobby Green was my spot. And if I had time that week to research it, I probably would have gone down even harder on it. I was just going off of, you know... Uh, my previous Bobby Green bias, if you will, at this point, backing him. Um, but uh, even though I cashed, I still felt like I left money on the table. Um, Chris Curtis defeated Phil Hoggs. Um, yeah, man, Chris Curtis, uh, hard, hard not to be happy for this guy. He's a real nice guy. I interviewed him, talked to him in person. Um, covered him on a contender series. I gave him a really good grade. He was a big snub in my book. So definitely happy for the guy. But, man, does that suck for Phil Hawes? Because he actually looked – I went back to watch because I wasn't watching these. I was just, like, reading. I'm like, oh, well, there goes the one bet. Uh, luckily, my uh, my Hogs, uh, hedge, Hogs hedge parlay went through. Um, and I had Curtis in rounds two and three. I figured that's when he was going to get it done. But, of course, he has to, he had to get him in round one. That would have been – that would have been nice. If Chris Curtis got him in round two or three, I would have, uh, I believe I would have profited this night. Um, Nasruddin Imamov defeated uh, Edmund Shabazian. Shabazian. Pittsburgh. Shabazian. Uh, yeah, that yeah, sucks for Shabazian, man. It just really got pushed up there too fast. Again, that's another reason why I'm against the hype jobs, folks, because when they. It, it's generally bad for them, you know? Not everybody's a Khamshat Shemaev just shooting all over the blast and their loads all over the place, right? Sometimes sometimes you're the sometimes you're the shooter, sometimes you're the taker. I don't even know what the fuck if that's even a terminology. Is that is that a I don't even know. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make up terminology. A giver or receiver. I don't or no pitcher or cat was that is that even does that even come from... I feel like pitcher and catcher came from, like, straight dudes trying to make fun of gay dudes at this point. Uh, so any any of my uh, LGBTQ-friendly, uh, any gay listeners want to correct me on the terminology there, but yeah. 
Um, Shabazzian's been taking it. Wow, Dan, really long way to say he's been getting fucked. But hey. <laughs> Ian Gary defeated Jordan Williams. <laughs> KO punches. Um, from what I remember, I just remember that Ian Gary, I think, taking a lot of punches before he got the punch. Um, but a good post-fight speech and all that, you know, with, with the accent, it'll get people going. See, let's let's see what see more of that kid. I can't tell you much. Chris Barnett uh, defeated Pasta Gianni, uh, John Vellante. Um, all class by Barnett. Sucks for Pasta Gianni. Uh, wish him the best. Wish Chris Barnett the best too. Justin Jacoby should have went harder on him. Defeated John Allen. Uh, good performance from him, from what I remember. Nelson Bagdasarian. Uh, I think he just followed Bruno Suzo a bunch. I didn't watch this one. He came through. Um, I picked Ode Osborne, but I stayed away from this fight. So nothing, nothing on the line for me. He defeated CJ Vergara. Uh, all right. Uh, and that one was 48. UFC Fight Night 197 happened. Uh, it was another, you know, another good card. Uh, as far as his action goes, right? Um, Max Holloway defeated Yaya Rodriguez. Boy, did I whiff hard on this one. It was just a lot of stuff I wasn't... I'm like, you know what? Let me, let's bet on my most confident spots. One of them was Holloway. And with him being him being priced out for most of us, you have to find stupid angles. And you know I always preach against being careful about doing that. But since Dan Tom was playing for fun, I went and I unloaded the clip on like rounds three, four, five. And then like and then another house that offered like three, four, five. TKO and sub. I even sprinkled in some of those. Like I'm just talking about like seven to seventeen dollars. Like shit, you're not gonna miss. Um, and if one of those hits, you just pay. You know, all back and then some, right? Um, at the numbers you're getting for those kind of props, and uh, just none of them hit. Of course, you know, it looked like it was on the way to round three. But uh, Rodriguez, man, to his credit, um, really attaching that left hook more. I mean, he used to only punch and kick from his right side, folks. If you actually go back and watch the footage. Uh, so the f- and much and much less have a weak boxing presence to boot. So the fact that he's striking from his left side, having more of a boxing presence, even if it's these just kind of uh, one or two layer explosive counters, and then he's either on his way out of the pocket or, or fleeing or doing something else crazy. Um, it's still good. It's still very useful. It was enough to um, stop Max from completely running him over. Right. I just want to be careful to laud the toughness of Rodriguez, despite him putting on these performances and this and that. I want to be careful about glorifying this for a guy that goes out there and is just being, you know, can barely walk out of the octagon every time he competes. And he's still really young. And I know he's a lot of inactivity between these things. But, you know, I really want to be careful about that, 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 that pride on that Mexican toughness, you know. I didn't go back to watch uh, Dooku Kim, but Koreans, which is why maybe why Koreans and Mexicans get together. You see Dong Young Ma versus Polo Reyes um, and, and many others. Um, crazy shit happens. Uh, these are two nationalities, ethnicities, uh, however you want to put it, uh, stereotyped, uh, synonymous with their air quotes toughness. And it can be dangerous to have these positive attributes. And I'm not talking about the social implications of, you know, which I've been guilty of too, where you're like, hey, it's, what's wrong with this racial stereotype? It's just a positive thing. Like, eh, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about like just literal physical health, like measurable physical health that you can get from these stereotypes. You know, fighters fight. All well, these fighters especially fight. 
And um, yeah, those are the fighters that really get f- the fucked up the most. The the, the, the tough ones with the chin, the, the ones that war, the ones that, you know, those are the ones that do worse than the ones that get the clean knockouts, the decision, boring decisions, or maybe even at arguably at the end of the clean knockouts and then stop their career. Um, it's, 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 it's these guys that are in these wars. So I know I've come off, I've been very hard on Rodriguez in the past. I know I stated that he, he, he does seem like kind of like, like an asshole <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, but I, I'm, you know, whatever he neither here nor there, I'll pick him or not pick him just the same. You guys know me. Um, so I want to, for those reasons, overcorrect the steering wheel and, and give someone their due daps if I've, if I've been hard or critical on them. But man, do I just, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of lauding toughness. Um, you know, fuck me for knowing too much, I guess. And I'm not saying your fandom needs to be where I'm at if you're still enjoying this shit and not thinking of the repercussions, I guess. Good for you. But yeah, I don't know. I got to be careful not to laud that. The second place I went heavy on this card, of course, was Ben Rothwell versus uh, Flo Rida, uh, Marcos Rogero de Lima. And this one sucked, man. I even told Aaron, I'm like, I and not to feather the nest for my fall, which did happen, um, but I was like, Marcus Rogero de Lima could go out there and knock him out, uh, or TKO him in this case, which he did. Um, and I'll still bet this. I'm still going to stand by this bet. And I'm not that stubborn asshole, at least to this extent, at least normally, I would like to think. But I'm going to be that stubborn asshole here because I still think it's a it's a good bet. And I hope everybody that, that thought that, you know, this was a, uh, you know, a normal uh, outcome for this fight. And thought that the line was it should have been that tight. Good. Okay. I hope that I hope the odds makers listens to you, so that we get a big number to fade Rodrigo de Lima uh, by submission uh, on the next person who has has shown the competency to hit submissions and survive in fights. I will bet that again. Um, again, not auto bet. It's got to be the right person. Like in this case, Ben Rothwell, who did that exact same thing before many times, and I've called that out and helped you guys cash just the fight before him, Big Ben. Um, it, it, it's just a fact. It's not even my opinion. Go look at Delima's record. He fucking he fucking dives into submissions. He dives into them like like someone's out there on the tarmac with those airplane directors, like this way to the, the, the directing the plane. Like that is Delima going to submissions. Like he can't find these fucking things fast enough. And if you know, and I want to say for Herb would have let it gone on because like even though Herb stoppage was bullshit and Herb sucks, and we'll get to that. As I tweeted, even though it was a big losing bet for me and one that I, I hate to bite because it's just, ah, fuck this guy, you know? But no, I don't have a problem with the stoppage. I can I can call out my biases and, and, and still say stay somewhat attached to reality. I don't got any issue with the result. Uh, but I will say, though, if DeLima failed to knock him out for whatever reason in that flurry that we saw, he wouldn't have had shit left. That's how all his fights go. He's got a couple flurries of confidence, and if you can survive and give him something back, oh boy, you start that clock. So I'll be looking to make my money back on Roger on uh, Marcos Rogero de Lima big time, and it it shouldn't be that hard if you pick pick the right guy to fade him against. Um, I will say though, I didn't mention it, and I hate to say this, but because I just I saw this scenario when I was trying to think realistically. Okay, I know you're confident in Big Ben and you like fading this guy, but how does this guy win? Yes, round one knockout, which is what happened, sure. But, like, how does he really win? I'm like, well, he's going to have to rock him early, and Big Ben's going to, like, do his stumbly thing, and you're going to have a ref go in there and kind of jump in there kind of early, and Big Ben's going to be upset, and betters are going to be pissed off. That's how this is going to end. And that's how it ended, although, again, I will say I'm actually in favor of the stoppage, even though it was a piss-poor stoppage. I am in favor of the fight being decided to be stopped as indecisively decided as it may have been by Herb Dean. 
who, you know, doesn't have a history of that. Uh, Felicia Spencer uh, defeated Leah Lesson. That was that was brutal. Brutal. I should have went heavier on Spencer. I'm glad I had her in the... Um, in a, in a parlay, uh, anyways, but yeah, uh, Chaos Williams defeated Miguel Baeza. I had a feeling that could happen, even though I picked Baeza, which is why I stayed away. Although I did end up sprinkling a little bit on the submission prop that I told uh, Aaron about on his pre-fight show. And again, Baeza went for it, man. He was going for takedowns. He was rolling for leg locks. You know, shit on leg locks all you will, man. Uh, I called that he was going to go for submissions, and that was his path. That was the path he needed to go. Um you know, he fucked up, didn't do things right. Sure, you can nitpick, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Uh, hopefully he doesn't come back better. But I got no complaints, man. Uh, he went for it, came up short. Good on Chaos Williams. Uh, Yadong Song uh, defeated Julio Arce, TKO. Wow, that was fast. Um, I backed my guy Arce there. I was wrong. Uh, good on Song. Well, Alvarez defeated Tiago Moises. Uh, TKO, wow, that was was way off just the, the size. Uh, but Alvarez is a welterweight, and if he tries to go to lightweight, it just shows that he's mentally weak, in my opinion. Um, but he's got a lot of skills, man, and he's got a lot of size. It's just sad that a guy built that way with that much dynamism is so mentally weak that he would want to kill himself to go to lightweight when he is borderline a middleweight, at least bigger than the middleweight that was interviewing him in full shoes. <sighs> Anyways, uh, Andrea Lee defeated... Uh, by the way, I think... I, 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 I I think I only had Moises in like a parlay and it was like for fun. So I'm not speaking out of like uh, uh, scorn. You guys just, I, I stay consistent with energy. I, I hate big bullies. You know me. Uh, Andrea Lee defeated uh, Cynthia Calvillo. Man, I'm glad I pulled up from this one um, because Cynthia Calvillo um, or Andrea Lee was going to be someone that I was going to auto fade because the way she was sounding. But then it was Calvillo who was, like I said, I didn't like that she was coming back off that thing. I didn't like the. Even though she tried to incorporate more forward pressure this time around to her credit, I didn't like her striking trends that she's made, right? So I pulled off the gas, even though I officially picked Calvillo. And sure enough, Calvillo came out at her worst. And Lee, to her credit, came out at her very best. So those would those are typically spots that I lose. Um, and so I'm glad that I was only wrong on the pick and not an actual bet there because I would have ate it hard paying for that shock. Uh, Sean Woodson defeated Colin Anglin via TKO. Um I know people like to pick against Woodson because of how he looks. And Anglin's the kind of guy that I seem like I would like to bet, but not even I was going to mess with that one this time. And I'm glad I didn't because Woodson took care of business, but he still ends up getting back to the cage. And uh, against the right guy, it's going to be a good uh, it's going to be a good spot. So, again, another one where, good, okay, keep hyping your boy. Hopefully we get a good price to fade him. Courtney Casey defeated uh, Liana Jojua. Um, unanimous decision. I just remember really bad fight IQ, which, you know, doesn't really surprise me on that fight on paper. Um, Rafael Alves defeated Mark Casey Submission guillotine choke. Oh, man. I should have stuck with my gut. I was right with my gut on Casey, you know. Uh, and I shouldn't have adjusted because I made some money fading him, and I should have stayed with it. But uh, now that I go to back the guy, thinking he's going to recorrect the course and the steering wheel, nope. I think he's kind of gotten exposed with his level. Athletic mess. Uh, Rafael Alves. Athletic mess with uh, more potency and finishing point. Um, da An Jung, baby. Defeated uh, Kennedy uh, uh, Ninchuku uh, via KO Elbows. This was beautiful. Beautiful hand play. Beautiful post fight breakdown. Uh, Korea stand up, baby. So uh, that was that card. Um, next card. 59. Last here. 
We got uh, Tate Vieira, which is one of the worst cards. It's funny. Uh, it's up in the running for worst card of the year, but it's it's hard because there's been like a solid five where I'm like, okay, this has been a year of bad cards, but this got to be up there. And starting around June or so, and like since June, there's been like four or five where I'm like, holy shit, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse. Um, Caitlin Vieira defeated Misha Tate. I... I, I just betted the fight didn't go the distance. I felt like that was a really safe bet, and uh, it wasn't. You know, I figured either uh, Vieira would gas or Tate would fall apart after getting, like, her nose busted and getting that flashback, which we almost kind of saw come the fifth. Um, I really wasn't scoring this fight. Uh, for me, it was easy at least, at least 4-1 Vieira, just kind of barely watching offhand. But um, I wasn't surprised at the 48-47 because... Again, it's not that I agree with these judges' scorecards when I say I could see the judges going this way. That doesn't mean I go that way. It's just because I know fucking judges suck, and they get swayed by stupid shit. Uh, and there were some of those rounds in there that could have swayed, you know, got them swayed by stupid shit. So uh, even though I score it 4-1 or 5-0 Vieira, maybe even 5-0 if I go back to rewatch it, um, I, am I surprised at a 48-47 that they gave Tate two rounds? No, I'm not fucking throwing a fit about that, folks. We should know by now. Sean Brady defeated Michael Chiesa, the unanimous decision. Um, you know what's fucked up? My initial three bets, I should have stuck with my gut again because I originally was just going to bet Brady, um, Sabatini, and Durden and just fucking leave it, just take three three chalk shots. Uh, and I would have done well if I did that. But I did not. I stayed away from Brady. And I uh, would have been sweating that last round. Um, and I know, you know, he got his nose busted and maybe had an eye poke. Uh, which is worth considering for the striking differential, but there's still a cardio and composure aspect there that was missing for me, and you're going to need that at wel welterweight um, if you want to get into these five-round fights that he's calling for. I appreciate that he wants it. Tough kid, but uh, did not like what I saw from that aspect at least. Talia Santos defeated Joanne Calderwood for the uh, Joanne Wood for the only finish of the night. Um, yeah, you can kind of see why that was why the line was so high. Wood. Seem like she's checked out. You hate to pick a fight via social via social media, but that's kind of how it would have played out if you did. I don't know why. That's why I hate being not in a rush because like I wasn't working, so it was the wrong thing. But like, I could give a shit less to like study picks on these weeks. So good on me, I guess. I avoided doing that. But I remember I'm a Haniyaya guy, and I remember picking him. But I was too lazy to go back and listen to my podcast, re-listen, or do the research to remember why I picked him over Kyung Ho Kung. And with uh, Korea being just on this run, and Aniyaya having to pull out from COVID, and me doing the typical thing, let me overcorrect the steering wheel away from my bias. Um, I picked Kung, and it looked like to be the right pick because you know Aniyaya, you know, uh, didn't win the first round, and when he doesn't win the first round. Um, not that he can't get finishes in round two or three, but against a guy who already was going to be tough for the, in the wrestling department, right? And you're like, oof, uh, it's not going to look good. Then he even gets like rocked and almost finished. And I had Kyung round three. Um, I threw some darts. I had Ronnie Aya by submission, uh, Kung round three and draw. And you could argue all those kind of almost happened. No one's giving 10 eights anymore. Although the 10 eight in this case would have, should have gone to a Yaya and that wouldn't have helped. Uh, and Kong could have won and was, you know, um, slightly favored for a reason. He just kind of gave the fight away. So maybe not necessarily a bad pick. But again, I should have stuck to my guns, baby. Should have stuck to my, my, my gut. 
You know, I think that was a lesson of these these fights, at least maybe when I'm not doing uh, research, really stick to my gut. Um, Adrian Yanez defeated uh, Davy Girl. Come on, there's Davy Dangerous Davy Girl. Dan, I don't even sound like that. I don't know why you make me talk like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Yanez, uh, classic Masvidal style, outboxes him, gets the split. Uh, you know, almost almost got ally acquainted there by Davy Grant. Um, not sure how someone gave him thirty twenty seven. Was that Tony Weeks? You know, hey, who needs accountability, folks? It's a hard job. That's why I love. It. Like, it's a hard job. Like, yeah, but like at a certain point, how long do they? How long can someone keep fucking up and we give them that excuse? You know, whether it's these judges or the or the the referees like Herb Dean. You know, uh, these seem like nice cats, man. They seem to get along with everybody. Maybe that's why people are reluctant to say anything. But like, like what job out there from fucking? McDonald's to a CEO, like, are you not accountable for your performance? I don't know. It's not a crazy fucking concept in the world, is it? Pat Sabatini defeated Tucker Lutz. This was, like, the only bet that I cashed, and I got shit for it. And I was, like, so busy. I wasn't even, like, watching fights in the beginning of the day. Again, even a lot of these cards I wasn't watching. Uh, even the ones I work, I'm not watching half the time because I'm so damn busy. Um... And uh, this was one of the few times I didn't even like want to tweet pics or play. This is such a shit card, you know? I had so much going on in the week that I'm finally finally getting around to. Um, I really wasn't thinking about it. And like, I, I, I tuned in midway. Uh, and I believe I said it before the fight, you know, went to like the result or anything. Like it's while the fight was going on. Uh, granted, things were already going in Sabatini's way, but it wasn't anything new. Like you guys know I've been high on Sabatini since CFFC and I've been cashing on him every step of the fucking way. Like, this is nothing new. People who know me, like, there's some of the bets I bet you guys could have guessed that I was already on on my off weeks. Like, man, wouldn't want to know what Dan's on, but I can guess some of these. This is definitely a Dan Tom spot. Or that's definitely a Dan Tom fighter. And uh, so, yeah, it's not even like I'm saying anything fucking crazy that I don't have past consistency to link to or cite. <laughs> you know? Uh, and believe me, I hate being after that. I didn't want to say it too, but I was just so happy to see Sabatini doing well. And I just, you know because uh, I was actually able to listen to podcasts since I wasn't worried about ruining my filter and, you know, have nothing fucking else to do. I had podcasts playing and was just listening to everybody fucking picking Lutz or counting Sabatini out. And I was just like, you know, just judging him off of his only his UFC fights, not going back and watching his CFFC body of work on the regionals. So, yeah, I was I was a little stoked there. And, you know, yeah, cashing a, a bet. So, God forbid. Um, for a dude who's been transparent for over half a decade and, and freely transparent. Like, goddamn. So, you know, I know I shouldn't care. I made it a big deal about that. It just pissed me the fuck off. You know? Fucking people. Like, you know. Anyways. Um, stay, say, say stupid shit, get stupid prizes. Rafa Garcia, Rafa Garcia defeated uh, Nathan Levy. Um, you know, this decision. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm still thinking. Rafa's just like punching bag dude who gets to you know train with good dudes. I'm still not seeing where he's supposed to stand out, but we'll see. Uh, Lupita Gudinez um, defeated Loma Lokbumi. I picked Gudinez, which hurt. I wanted Loma Lokbumi to win, but you know, um, Gudinez man just was a bad style matchup. Uh, Cody Durden defeated uh, a 
I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing these names too, folks. So believe me, I ain't, I ain't coming on a high horse with this pronunciation shit. Uh, it's not pronounced how it's uh, Orichi Lang is how it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, but then they reverse it and spell it funny. Um, yeah, Durden was a spot that I was going to pick. Um, I don't necessarily even thought he won if we're like trying to stay consistent with the damaging fighter. Which again, refs aren't great with that. So whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, Durden was able to keep his composure and do enough to kind of bullshit, uh, the judges to get the nod. It wasn't an impressive fight, an impressive performance from him, uh, or any of the sort. If anyone was impressive, it was his opponent had the more impressive moments. And of course he's got to go into his, uh, racial rhetoric, uh, go back home to China and what's wrong with going home. I was just saying the person to go home, wherever that may be. Um, which was just typical reply guy TM bullshit. And even before everyone went to dig up his tweets, which by the way, like there's plenty of bad, I don't know, but like, you know, you see me using fucking these words or racist shit or anything like that. But like you go back to like older me, like I, I say a bunch of stupid shit too. So people saying the sentiment that they don't like this style of, I don't want to call it journalism. Cause most people doing it aren't even journalists half the time. Folks, it's 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 mostly y'all the gen pop um, that are digging these in and tagging everybody. But yes, I I not that I'm not not, not all about accountability, especially in cases like this, because it only reaffirms the benefit of the doubt that so many people uh, love to give. Whether you know it, it's you know and it's not it's certainly not a racial thing, or it's not for access. If you're a media member, that's certainly not the reason. Um, but uh. But yeah, for the for all the benefit of the doubt, people like in this case, it actually is good. So I, I I'm I'm not trying to blanket say one way or the other. What I will say, as far as the sentiment on condemning people based off one action, um, people can change, people can be better. Uh, I I agree with those sentiments, with the sentiment of that. I I agree, I do. Uh, it heartens with me, um, to a point. The general sentiment, to a point, right. Um, however, even without that, that, that taken into account, the words he says does have a history. Um, and even though I'm much more kinder than I need to be to these people, as far as, you know, uh, calling them out. Um, and that's the thing, too. It's like, and, and not that there's anything wrong with this. If anything, you could criticize me for not going this route and being hard enough on it, right? Because I never say, Cody Durden, or or if I do, you know, I'm not tagging these people to try to get attention or to get clicks or, you know, see my full thoughts here or linking a video. I'm not monetizing in any way, which is funny because people are like, you just, you mean this is journalism? This is your idea of journalism? First of all, I'm not a fucking journalist. Second of all, you mean journalist so you can get some follows? I'm like, I'm not a journalist. If you actually read my profile, you'll see that. You'll actually see that I specifically say I don't give a fuck about follows and I tell people to save their follows because I hate this fucking space for this very fucking reason. So that's what I love about that lazy reply. But um, for all the benefit of the doubt, motherfuckers out there, like that phrase has strong history. And... And again, this isn't um, like, uh, even though, yes, most of the people defending, I don't see anything racist. Yes, the majority of these people in my comments and many others may have been white. But there's plenty of even, not just minorities, but Asian, Asian Americans from ESPN to other media uh, spaces and colleagues 
um, with really piss poor takes on this and other uh, issues of race, whether it be on this or Rittenhouse or whatever. So I'm not making the, I don't want to make this uh, any more of a race thing or, uh, you know, this is just white people. No, like <laughs> not at all. It's not the case at all. It's it's ignorant bullshit is what's bad, no matter who it comes from. Um, So I don't want to make it sound like that, but I did see, you know, from whether it was like, comments on youtube twitter or you know videos of even colleagues uh, sadly and I'm, i don't want to turn this into a, a fucking gaslighting these people even though it's deserved gaslighting in this case because I, I i generally care and respect these people and i want to reach out and either have a conversation publicly or privately or both to to to, to not set them straight, but um, to enlighten them on views that they are clearly missing, and then they can go and make decisions for themselves from there on out. But there's clearly uh, not just a perspective, but like historical facts, facts for all the facts bro people out there, love that word, that are just being left out when breaking this down. You know, it's it's like people are so afraid. And again, whether it's a journalist thing because you, you you don't want to lose your connection, you don't want to lose your audience because you realize that majority of the MMA audience is a bunch of chuds. And if you're someone who has sold your soul in the process of selling your soul, no problem with selling your soul um, to make to make your money, which is your choice. That's fine. Um, like yeah, you're gonna need those audience people, right? So you got, you're going to have to walk the center, which is why centerists become such a toxic thing. That's why I say people in the center are assholes too. I don't, I don't associate with anybody um, as far as that shit goes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there, there, there is a, a, a clear missing history uh, of, the, of it. And seeing a lot of these people saying, well, if they told me to go back home or to go back to Canada, nobody would be saying anything. Really? Really, if they told a white person to go back home or a white person to go back to a white colonized country, there wouldn't be a problem with it. I wonder why. Maybe because the word home, there's layers to this. First, just the word home, not even the go back to China and the Chinese or racial aspect. Let's just start with the home aspect is a very controversial one because it is not just from my anecdotal that I or many others have given you about this recently. Um, the people who generally say this go back home throughout history tend to be white. They tend to be white and ironically in places like America or Canada that had an indigenous people uh, of color <laughs> um, having their lands taken from them, colonized. And it's usually the colonized parts of our history and the colonized party in parts of our histories where this rhetoric of go back home, go back to Africa, go back to China, or whatever, um, has been used. That's why fucking brilliant geniuses out there who came up, who, who are dying on this hill of, someone told me to go back to Canada or back to the U.S., I wouldn't be offended. Um yeah, uh, that's why. It's because you guys, you wouldn't be because there's no reason to be. Y'all are the one that have been cast on those, uh, casting those stones. Whereas the people who have been hit by those stones, and yes, it might not be these people casting it, but this is factual history and how it is. And as <laughs> as there are many uh, literatures and things that and people that can explain it much better than I, um, this stuff is, it does get, it does get passed, uh, passed down trauma as well. Uh, 
and I'm not trying to open up that fucking can of worms or whatever. I'm just I'm I'm just stating why you see such such impact trying to help explain why you might see such impassioned views on this. So the word home becomes very convoluted when used by colonizers, right? So well wait, what we you're telling us to go back home? Isn't your home somewhere else too? Weren't you immigrants as well, technically? And hence bigotry, um, racism, and let me just pull up racism definition here. Racism definition, awkward. The term racism is often defines it as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. And by definition, what he said was racist, but and I, and I make sure to say that about Cody or Rose, I always say racial rhetoric, um, even though I could, and I'm in well within my rights at this point to say they are racist. I don't say that. I don't even say you, they should lose their job at UFC back to the whole thing. I don't go about it like the typical media way. Like I just state facts as fucking facts. So that's why I get really pissed off and I will come at people when they come at me. Um, and before blocking or muting them, uh, even though they like to think of it as a sign that they won, it's like, no, you're just a loser and have gotten nowhere in life and have no fucking followers. So you don't have to deal with the bullshit that I and others have to. I'm not trying to say that to put myself up. Uh, I'm just trying to say that to fucking punch down at the deserve of people who deserve to be fucking down, uh, which are the bottom feeders. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I will, I have no problem blocking or muting, but before I do often, I will just love to just drop logic bombs, even though it makes no sense. And yes, I'm wasting my time. Um, because it, it just, it just blows me away. It's like everybody, you know, it's like you, you mentioned the written house thing. Everybody's, you know, finding the, but what about this case? Why aren't they talking about this one case? Right. Or go back home to China. Well, what's wrong with going home? Like, all these calories, these same people burning these calories to defend these statements. Like, I, I almost wonder, like, what is racist to them, you know? Because it's this whole, this whole thing, you know? It's this whole, it's part of this whole counterculture, you know, it's censorship. We're all being censored and, uh, you know, cancel culture and da-da-da-da. And it's like all this, like, I know it's based off this rhetoric, you know? And, like, well, it's racist. Like, it's not a physical thing. Saying something isn't racist. You have to physically do something. Like, there's that thing. Although, again, by almost any definition of racism you can look up on the on the internet, Oxford, wherever, um, it, it's going to say different. <laughs> what I just read to you would, would go against that. Um, it's just like, my thing is like, yo, okay, it's like, you don't have to fucking start a lynch mob. You don't have to ask for this person to ha lose their job. You don't have to devote every waking hour to fighting racism or anything. But like, can we just at least acknowledge that racism exists? Um, you know, uh, is that so hard to acknowledge? Is it so hard to acknowledge inequality exists? Uh, can, can we at least call it that? Can, can we, we won't use racism. Can you just acknowledge the inequality of the situation? That is what all these situations come down to. Can you recognize the inequality of it? And people can't. People will, will fucking search for other definite, other this, just, just to fit their narrative rather than God forbid taking like a, a millisecond, a millicalorie of empathy of just going, yeah, that, oh, that kind of sucked for that person, huh? That's all you got to do? You don't got to fucking sign a petition? You don't got to fucking put BLM and rainbows on your, on your profile? Like, all you got to do is say, yeah, that's fucked up. 
<laughs> Instead of going, well, actually, like, I, I don't, I don't get that, you know? So the go home thing and the definition of home has been something long obscured by colonizers for a long time, for one. It's a very loaded statement, folks. And if you fit the bill, are from these countries and look the part, and you are one of these people not seeing it, well, maybe you might want to consider that and take a step back in your education process that I heavily recommend y'all do, as I myself am doing and continually try to do. Um, secondly, the go back to China. Okay, the reason why, I just explained the reason why it, it's not offensive to you geniuses out there and why go back to Canada or go back to America wouldn't be offensive. Um, the reason why go back to China would be offensive is because, let me ask you this, is go back to Africa offensive? I feel like even all the reply guys defending that this anti-Asian shit is not anti-Asian, I don't think they would be as hesitant if people said, go, if, someone, if, if, if Cody Durden beat a black fighter and said, go back to Africa. I Even those assholes at that point uh, would back off. Although, again, back to my previous point, I do feel like when I ask what it would take, that rhetorical question, I feel like at this point, there's just a whole crowd of people that, like, unless there is a dude with, like, swastikas tattooed all over his body, um, he is sodomizing a woman of color while saying, I am doing this through the hatred of my heart, an unconsensual act full of hate. This is based on the hatred of my heart. He's got a microphone. He's yelling it too through it, the megaphone as he's um, committing uh, rape and hate crimes. And he has swastika's tattoo. And he has said be fully stripped so everybody can see it. This has to be recorded in live K, live streaming. Um, we're gonna need. It's like to be like this Chappelle show. We're gonna need. His, we're gonna need. Uh, he's gonna need your best friend there taking notes as he looks. You know, as uh, Neil Brennan looks at the camera and nods with his notepad. Like I feel like you need all these things, and then these people would be like. Well, okay, maybe you can. Maybe this one's racist. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the logic these people are operating on. You know, they're 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 countering the steering wheel like so hard the other way, right? Uh, but again, even those people probably wouldn't be as loud of it if you were like, "Hey, let's let's go back to you know." If if Cody Durden said, "Hey, go back to Africa," right? And not to split hairs because they both are xenophobic, uh, racist rhetoric. That's been used throughout, throughout, throughout time. Not just these times, by the way, folks. Throughout many periods of time in many places around the world, it's got a history. Not hard, not hard to look up this stuff, folks. Um, especially you journalists out there, you know, you can read that ethics. Um, but like, not that you should split hairs on this, but just a little bit more history for you guys. Um, we react probably more to it's more obvious how wrong it is if i use the africa example which is why i, I use it and it's also sadly another it, it, it's a super common one just as common <laughs> as the go back to china but historically the go back to china one actually carries more weight which makes it extra wrong which makes anybody defending this look extra bad in history's eyes makes your take extra bad whether it's Gen Pop in the comments or people that I respect that are my colleagues that I plan on reaching out to because I can't have them embarrassing themselves with these really bad takes. Um, and Inaccurate takes, not just bad. Bad is subjective. Inaccurate takes, at the very least. Grossly inaccurate. Um, because go back to China uh, was a specific was a specific weighted one. Um, for one, the Chinese Exclusion Act, which I've mentioned a bunch of times uh, 
it's still to this day the only document from my country that literally deems a race inhuman um, and banned them from the country, banned them from their laws if they already existed in the country, banned them from coming back, even though it technically gave them rules to come back, which was challenged by a man named Che Chan Ping. Um, who was a San Francisco resident and went back to visit China. Uh, and on his way back uh, during this trip was when Gro- Gro- Grover Cleveland enacted the Chinese Exclusion Act. So he was stuck, unable to legally reenter the country. And he went through all the forms that the government provided. And not only was he still denied, because again, and, and again, fucking obviously this country's not been great to uh, Latinos, uh, gays, women, Jews, blacks, um, even Italians, I think Italians have like the most, uh, most people hung simultaneously at one time. I would have thought, went the gun to my head, went, oh, black people for sure. Not Italians in New Orleans. So, again, this country's not, it's not just that they're not just not, not nice to Chinese. They're not nice to almost all immigrants, right? Um, it's got a really bad, this country's a really bad history with that, uh, unfortunately. And um, it's just the truth, folks. Sorry. Um, and uh, And yeah, so like that go back home. I mean, holy shit, I, I could just stop at the Exclusion Act and fucking, you know, make all the assholes out there with these opinions look even more like assholes, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to keep going. Um, I mentioned the name Che Chan Ping. Well, the funny thing was is that, like, up until this point, the discrimination actually wasn't even a new thing as far as the go back home to China sentiments. Um, before even the Exclusion Act happened, <clears throat> uh, there was already a turn. Again, you know, the Chinese... Uh, we built the railroads, a, a huge mining force, and arguably the most successful mining force as far as the gold rush. We were brought in for said cheap labor. We were, we were uh, you know, uh, legitimate parts of uh, frontier uh, frontier towns. Um, you know, uh, it was all, you always found Chinese businesses and whatnot in them. It was a regular uh, appearance there, you know. And uh, But the problem was is when we started getting really successful at these things. Um, of course, it draws ire from the Americans, right? And they're like, who are these Chinese coming in here taking our jobs and doing... It's a tale as old as time. My Latino brothers and sisters should be able to sympathize here, right? Um, and Asian hate crimes start start going off at like a crazy, a crazy, uh, crazy amount, right? So you have all this anti-Asian sentiment, like a lot of stuff, go back home, go back to China, stuff being said today, folks, to where Chinese are getting killed in the streets. It's just inciting violence. In fact, 1854, um, there's this big case of this guy, he murders two Chinese people in cold blood and he's let off. And it's basically because once the Chinese actually tried to stick up for themselves in court, it they actually ended up hurting themselves and other races, right? Because they actually ended up making a rule, not just for Chinese, for blacks and everybody else, saying that you can't testify against a white man in court. And because of that rule, um, this person was able to get off scot-free. So yeah, you know, it sucks when we're in 2021 and you still see, you know, um, people getting off, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah, for murder. It's just, it just, it pisses me off. I'm sorry. I guess that makes me a bad person. I don't know. Uh, unjust murder pisses me off. I call me crazy, right? Um, and uh, anyways, and and, and and because of this, word gets around uh, because of this trial and the reasoning why he got let off that the Chinese people can't testify. 
And this essentially gives carte blanche to where the violence against Asians that was already happening starts fucking skyrocketing, right? Um, skyrocketing. They're just killing Asians in the streets. Again, if you're listening in Southern California, uh, chances are you could be living over in old Chinatown and Chinese bodies that never got a proper funeral, and you don't even know it. You know, it was that black mare um, just last year that uncovered one, all these underground tunnels, because the Chinese weren't even allowed out at nighttime. I mean, there was just such different rules compared to all the other humans, even the other minorities um, would get preferential treatment over the Chinese. The Chinese were, were it wasn't just Japan that wrote, wrote about us Chinese like, like we were dogs, you know, it was America too. And, um, and yeah, uh, so you have all this murder and anti-Chinese sentiment to eventually you get the uh, Chinese Exclusion Act in the 18... in the 1880s that passes or the, the Scott act or whatever they call it. Um, about 20,000 Chinese, uh, they aren't technically Chinese Americans, but Chinese living in America are deported, uh, go back home to China, right? That whole sentiment, they start trying to appease that. It's not just a saying folks, it has weight, right? So they send about 20,000, um, uh, in this time period. And because, and uh, that Che Chung Ping, he actually took his court to the... He actually got all the way to the Supreme Court because he was denied re-entry. And he tried doing it all the legal ways. Um, and even though you could consider it a success that a Chinese person made their case all the way to the Supreme Court, even though he lost, the unfortunate part is, again, he actually ended up hurting his own people and other minorities for years to come to no fault of his own because this got it on the... on on America's radar where they instilled laws um, uh, to uh, to extend, um, to essentially extend uh, the rights, right? The Supreme Court actually, people don't know the American government, it's hard to explain. Supreme Court's supposed to, three branches of our government, Supreme Court is supposed to check the others, right? Um, in this case, though, it did not. And it stated the reason why it could not check the power of the, uh, Congress or the Exclusion Act itself was because the American government found a caveat where they just declared it a state of national emergency, a, na- a state of national security was why they needed the rights. Does that sound familiar, folks, especially for Americans? State of national security, the Patriot Act. That's right. It actually comes back from this uh, incident here because, <laughs> uh, because f- f- from... Che Chan Ping's failed uh, appeal to the courts, they would institute that uh, that caveat and found out that wait a minute, we can target whatever immigrant group we want to, without any regulation if we claim that it is for our security and safety. Is this starting to sound familiar to you guys? Yeah, this go back home shit's got a real long fucking history to it. You fucking idiots. Sorry, mm, sorry. I'm really trying to bite my tongue here, but it it really just pisses me off here in a lot of the takes. Um, so yeah, that was actually used where it actually, because of that too, that uh, comes 1917, the Asiatic Bard Zone Act, where the, it's essentially the Chinese Exclusion Act, but they extended it to Southeast Asians, right? South Asians, right? The dark ones, right? (laughs) Hey, if, if the regular Asians are bad, imagine how bad the fucking dark ones are. The ones that look like me, right? Fuck, we can't let them in this country. So you get that signed and you get in all these deportations, um, this is kind of how my, my family came about. Um, the reason why I don't know a bunch of my family, because 
My family, I come from slaves and indentured servants that were pretty much slaves when we weren't supposed to legally be having slaves in this country. That's where I come from. And these slaves had to work their ass off. They had to do everything from farming to drug dealing. Like my great grandpa who ran an opium farm and had to get, you know, it's not something to brag about that he got his workers hooked on opium to turn a profit. And that's how he profited by making quarter of the farm an opium farm. He became the first person on one half of the island of Hawaii, I believe the west side of the island, to have a running toilet and plumbing. But that's the game, man. That's why I'm not too quick to judge hood people for doing hood things. And I'm watching The Wire, and man, does it hit different as I'm older and have worked in the media. Boy, does that show hit different. And the game is the game, man. And uh, coming from, you know, uh, actual family that is affected by these games, yeah, I have a little bit of a different different, different of an opinion and an enlightenment about it, I guess, or whatever. Um, not enlightenment, bad word, but you know what I'm saying. Awareness about it. And, uh, and yeah, and so fucking Asian hate, this thing of go back home has a history, you know? Yes, all those Scott acts and Artisan Barzone acts, th these things did end by World War II, uh, which, by the way, they were you know, right around the time where they had the Japanese in internment camps, you know, trade in one human rights violation, gain another. Um, but that didn't stop the anti-Asian sentiment. It just made it worse both for Japanese and Chinese and anybody that looked like it. Uh, because by the time the 80s come and, you know, we're welcoming the Asians back into the market and, and you know, instead of railroads now, well, the automobile is popular, right? Well, Japan does a pretty good goddamn job at it, we find out, especially when we don't allow them to make war, right? They start killing it in the auto industry. And just like the success of the railroad workers and the gold miners and everybody before with the Asian face who came here to work, the same immigrant dream as anybody other or anybody else. Irish or otherwise. Um, they were targeted, which led to the murder of Vincent Chin. You know, it was Americans rebelling against the Japanese auto industry. And of course, they still end up targeting the damn Chinese. <laughs> Vincent Chin was a Chinese American. He's beaten and murdered, of course. Yep, you guessed it. The legal system went easy and uh, pretty much let off his murderers. So yeah, you wonder why I... I you know, I got an opinion on that. I don't like seeing these written house people fucking just get away with murder. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a little bit of a history there, folks. You might want to consider in this country for many people, many different races. Um, and yeah, so sorry for the long fucking history lesson, especially beating like the some of the few uh, aware people in this space. I imagine that's the few people listen to my podcast. But um Feel free to take this information, look it up for yourself. Feel free to share it with any, anyone you see, whether it's a rando in the comment section or um, more importantly, my fellow colleagues, especially if you are our patrons, listeners of their shows. You know, because again, I'm not trying to unfairly gaslight them, even though some are making repeat mistakes and outing themselves in a way that is, is, is kind of troublesome. But uh, to be honest, a lot of it's just ignorance because as I raise my hand here, folks, I have been and still am ignorant on so many things that I don't realize have a history or offense. So I'm not trying to come down from a high horse by stating what are basic facts that you all could look up yourself. Um, but what I do mean to say is that, it, it you know, 
not to give racism a pass, but even though it's a scapegoat and people give the benefit of the doubt way too goddamn much, I don't want to feed into that. But yes, there is often ignorance in maybe not the Cody Durdens of the world or the people who have a history of espousing racial rhetoric, but in the way it's covered, uh, consumed, talked about, absorbed. Um, I do all those things poorly for a lot of different subjects and I'm trying better. So I would be ridiculously hypocritical to not give someone else the same chance. So I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to reach out to to uh, certain people who keep, you know, uh, making really fucking awful takes. Um, but yeah, man, there is a long history of go back home or go home to China. That's still... Um, has its fingerprints of its history to uh, how it's touched and affected many different groups in this country and many other countries. You don't think that when, you know, you know the Chinese go and set up their Chinatowns in other countries and shit, they're not getting the, that kind of uh, uh, go-back-home racism to there. It's not just an American thing, you know. Uh, the ironic part about if, if anybody is, you know, in you know, Canada too. You know, I, I, I have plenty of Canadian friends. I'm, you know, people, you know, I, I give people shit for, you know, sucking cum shots cock, but like, you could say that to me about Canadians. I'm always praising Canadians, how polite they are, but you know what? It's, it's got colonial roots just like this country. And you know what? It's got hate problems just like this country. In fact, Asian hate ranked in number one in Vancouver, Canada of all places. So that's why someone says, go home to Canada. That's why no one's going to give a fuck the same way. Fucking really, really. I really got to explain this shit. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Uh, sorry for this ear beating and this really long podcast. Um, I was in the middle of recapping. <laughs> I'm going to get the listener questions and get the fuck out of here now. But yeah, uh, Shailan Nurembeke defeated Sean Soriano. Uh, Luana Pinheiro defeated Sam Hughes. Didn't really watch those fights. Awful fucking card. All right. Um... Sorry, to really go with that long history, it just, you know, yeah, there's, there's a, I just, the ignorance never ceases to surprise me in this space. Nothing political about that. Did I call for Tony Durden to fucking lose his job or anything? No, of course he's not. The UFC doesn't give a fuck. Again, I've called this shit out. That's all I tweet reference because I've been saying this shit for over a year now, folks, that they're going to use the Chinese fighters like it's the 80s again, where the, like the Iron Sheik, they're just going to bring them in for punchlines to get beat and people make stupid statements on. And what happened? That's why I said, who saw this coming? It was sarcastic because I have called all this shit. I don't just call fights pretty goddamn accurately, folks. How much of this shit outside of the cage have I called? Add this to the fucking list. You don't have to like me. You don't have to agree with all my little tastes from In-N-Out Burger to um, any kind of political leanings, which, you know, fuck all that for me, but you can't deny these facts. <sighs> you know, and uh, anyways, man, I'll just, I'll just say this, whether it's situations like this, whether it's MMA managers punching people in the face, just go watch everybody's reactions to it. Everyone will out themselves, you know? Uh, whether it's people in the media, they'll out themselves. Uh, whether it's people with racist or uh, racial alignments, they'll out themselves on certain subjects. Really, all you got to do is just watch half the time. 
you just got to watch how it hits. And you see who's who real fast, you know? Um, you know, people who conveniently skipped covering the the Cody Durden comments of their content because they didn't want to have a fucking unpopular pitfall spot like me, which is why I probably have no listeners. So I guess I don't blame them. They're the smart ones. I mean, I shouldn't even be hating on them. But just like these, just like racial rhetoric or anything else, for better or worse, mainly for worse, I call shit out when I see it. I just wish the people whose job it was actually fucking did that, you know? So props to the journalists I can count on one hand and still have remainders doing their jobs. And and, and credit to people learning, by the way. Uh, the one good coverage I did hear of this, um, and it maybe shouldn't be a surprise that I'm going to bump my guy's gorge, gorgeous Georgian goes, but shouts to MMA Junkie Radio um, on their uh, episode at the beginning of this week. Fucking might be the only podcast, MMA podcast still to this day that I've heard say, other than this one, that say stop Asian hate. Um, and they did that many times. And, you know, and, uh, you know, they didn't come out and condemn Cody Durden and then say he's a bad person forever and loses his job. Uh, they didn't do that, but they still fucking called it out for what it was. And that's all I ask. You don't got to fucking pick up a pitchfork. I'm not. But I'm just, I am, but I am going to say that the sky is blue when it's fucking blue, folks. So if you see anybody journalists who aren't, it's not a coincidence, folks. Bet you they have a history of other conflicts of interest, too. So, I'll leave it at that. Let's go to listener questions on that positive note. Listener questions. <laughs> 140. All right. Um, all right. We got uh, Brad Trollchuck at Brad's Chuck. As long as Glover gets a solid 10 minutes of love, I'm happy. I probably cut you short on the 10 minutes, Brad. I'll... Um, I'll pay it back to you or Glover with Glover without some time uh, or another. Maybe a mini top five of the best fights from UFC 267 to present. Wow. That would be really, that'd be, that's a really tough one. Uh, oh, I can skip this last card for sure. Um, I will go. Oh man. Let's see here. I almost want to put Glover and Jan just because of that, that moment, you know, it, it's on there. Blachowicz, uh, Jan Sanhagen, it's got to be up there. Um, let's see here. Uh, DeSanto Saint-Denis. Who could, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we'll go to share uh, the main and co-main of 268. I'll, I'll put them in order in a second here. Um, we'll go Usman Covington 2. Uh, Burgos, Quarantillo, Justin Gate. Oh, that's probably the top five right there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not gonna say Max and Yair even really as much, um, because again, I'm not, I'm not getting sold by commentary and the big explosive stuff. You know me, I actually try to see what fucking lands and how what effect that has on the person before like just jerking off every time someone throws spinning shit that doesn't land. Like I feel like we've had enough practice to decipher this from the John Jones 2012 days. Um, but uh, I'll go J- Gacy Chandler. I'll go. Fuck, I gotta rewatch Quarantilla Burgos. I feel like it would go higher. Um, so I'll go uh, Glover Blakovich, not because it's a fight. That's 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 sheerly, folks, just for emotion. And holy fuck, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Uh, Jan Sanhagen, even though Jan Sanhagen was more like kind of Rodriguez territory, it was more like I want to be careful to laud someone's toughness. You know, I don't want to give him too much credit for being tough. I, not that to be a dick, because obviously these are very skilled fighters. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll put that there, and then I guess I'll put um, 
I'll put uh, Burgos, Quarantillo number five. Yeah, Burgos, Quarantillo five. Uh, Usman, Covington four. We'll go uh, Jan Sanhagen, which pretty much could be interchangeable with number two, which will be uh, Blakovich, Teixeira, and number one, uh, Gaethje Chandler will be my top five. But, you know, that Bobby Green fight ranks high just because of result as well. And uh, that's about it. That'll be my top five from that. Lastly, Brad says, ignore the racist and the people who defend him. I kind of fucked up and already ear-beated you guys for a while. I'm sorry. Um, we all know they're helpless. Yeah, I know. I should ignore that shit. You're right. Uh, Sammy Arnett, why are media members in the MMA community questioning Wei Lee's title run? Question mark. Here are some of the narratives. One, elbowed Andrade in the back of the head, so that was a fluke win. Two, robbed Joanna of a clear victory, so another fluke win. Three, Rose dominated her twice, so she's not an elite strawweight. Four, her path to the title was easy, so she has a lot. Of, she has one of the most fraudulent records in MMA. When RDA or Hennan Burrell lost their titles, there was no mention of these narratives. That way, at least you can get why is that. Um... I don't know if I would want to use RDA or Hennan Burrell because those guys really had to pay their dues. Uh, and that's why Wei Lee is getting crap again. That's another reason why I hate it is because this isn't her. She's not going out there Conor McGregoring it, going, I'm here to take part, I'm here to take over. Like, no, like the Asian athletes are some of the most soft-spoken, humble athletes. They're most taken advantage of in labor markets, fighting to just history in general. I just gave you some of that, right? Like, But she is going to get the blame for the push, not the UFC who's pushing her. Or the managers, or anything, anything, any of that. That's why I said why I, you know, despite being a fan of Whaley, whether I pick her or not, that's why I was adamantly against a lot of these fights. Or I can understand, I guess I could say the criticism, even though it is unfair. Um, it's unfair, but yeah, I would say that, um, you know, I don't know if I would compare him with RDA or Hennan Burrell um, either. Thank you, though, Sammy. Uh, I, 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 I appreciate that. Um, Eric Betts fights at Eric Betts fights thoughts on Luana Pinheiro. What is her ceiling? Does she look like a future fade to you? Or do you think she put it all together? I didn't watch that fight that closely, but um, she looked kind of like a fade because of her gas tank, but then she got like a second win, which commentary noted. Um, it's hard to tell. Like she still has some real power, so she could put things together. And if she turns that corner, which she still is young enough in her career to do, um, you could really pay for it on a bet, right? Sometimes you got the late, corner turns like an Andrea Lee we'll see if it's an actual corner turn but you know what I'm saying some of these girls they always have that athletic potential that can take you very far so um I would probably look to fade her more than I would look to better but I would be careful about fading her because she's got potential if that makes sense Michelangelo at Tapatio Combate 7 Yoel Alvarez's big win and potential matchups moving forward um yeah, I kind of get my thoughts on that. I want him at welterweight, even though he's talking about going with the UFC PI. Um, he's looking bigger every fight, you know. And I'm not trying to hate on the guy. It's like, dude, don't kill your body and just, just fight your fucking normal weight class. You, you still have a lot of weight. You, he's still going to be huge for welterweight. Um, so that's where I want him. Yanez versus O'Malley, Paiva winner. Um, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't hate it at all. Uh, it seems like one of the ones that could be possible between Yanez having enough... Uh, buzz on him for O'Malley and the UFC to want that because that's what it comes down to, right? Fairness. Thoughts on Pettis versus Kyoji. Kyoji. Oh, hello, Kyoji. Uh, Sean Connery's got some thoughts on Kyoji. Um, 
but uh yeah uh i don't know man uh is that a is that a fight I, yeah that i'm sure that's a fight right it's a title fight again so bad i actually covered bellator what the fuck sorry folks there's just so many fights um offhand huh oh no 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 it's not a title fight what's his name fucking is um what's his name should be hafeon stats should be in line for it right eh, anyways um but pettis versus kyoji that's a really fun fight um that's a really fun fight, man. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who would even be favored to be honest. I think the lines are going to be close. I would favor uh, Horaguchi, but with Pettis's name value, um, I could see it um, being tight. Uh, regardless, um, my early lean would be Kyoji. Uh, that left hook's going to be real potent. Maybe he can replicate replicate what Benoit got, and then he's got the grappling to you know. Um, survive and, and, and even upset if he's got to hurt, you know, Pettis and Pettis shoots, right? That guillotine. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't see him submitting Pettis any other way, granted. But still, you know, he's he's got potent ways to finish on the feet and on the floor. I'd probably pick Kyoji, but yeah. And the banger that is Font versus Aldo. I'm stoked for that one. Shout out to my guy, Die Hard MMA. Um, I'm going to be kicking off the week with a... It's good that I'm going to have a week off to kind of, you know, this week to kind of prep into it. So I'm not cramming too hard, but... Yeah, comeback week starts next week for you breakdown nuts uh, that tired of hearing me talk about all this other shit, which I don't blame you. I'm tired of talking about it, too, for what it's worth. Um, but I get to kick off that kick-ass week with my man Clint. Um, I love Clint's cheesy sense of humor, man. I know. I know. It's uh, I'm not a, I don't get the TikTok stuff or whatever, but uh, he'll post videos and shit that just make me fucking laugh, and I appreciate the hell out of that. Clint's a good dude. Um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be talking, uh, with him on that card as well as the normal stuff. We'll be back to normal. I'm my breakdowns for you. The usual places I check are junkie here on the podcast. Um, the MMA madman, humor me, please. Uh, all right. With 135 being in a weird position at the moment with the real champ currently a king in waiting and the ex champ in the mix who never lost his title in the cage, it's not likely to happen anytime soon, but let's say Peter Yan was still the undisputed champ and had beaten Sterling and Sanhagen. Do you think Rob Font would get the next shot by beating Jose Aldo? Yes. Outside of TJ Dillashaw, nobody else really deserves a shot at 135, in my honest opinion. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, man, Font versus Aldo. I'm excited to look into that. I don't want to look too far past that, so I don't want to give any thoughts on Aldo or Font versus Yan, uh, if that would be to happen, assuming Font can get past Aldo. Which I'm not saying he will. I haven't jumped into that fight yet, so I'm excited to. I don't know where I'm going to go with that one. My man, Sizhawk, at Sizhawk, a.k.a. Jizhawk. <laughs> you know it's all love, brother. Sizhawk's um, OG listener. What is Pat Sabatini's ceiling? Question mark. What, uh, what he did to Tucker Lutz, a tough fighter in his own right, was very impressive. But is his striking good enough to be a top 10 fighter? Does he even need it to be with how good his grappling looks? Um, his striking, I don't think, is good enough to be... Uh, could he be a top 10 fighter with the right matchups? Of course he could. But if I'm putting his striking up against people in the top 10, is it at that level? It has not shown to be. Um, not that it's bad. Uh, he can punch off the counter. He can punch going forward. He can throw actually pretty accurate spinning kicks because he, you know, he grew up doing karate and tang sudo and stuff as a kid before getting into wrestling and jujitsu, which is his specialty. Um, he's been able to get standing knockouts against tall guys, leave their head out there. 
so yeah, I mean, he could certainly be top top ten um, eventually. Um, but his, his striking um, is probably the area that needs most work for obvious reasons, but also to set up his grappling. He still can set up off the back foot. He can still pressure when he needs to, push against the fa- fence as we saw, shoot low singles, come up, get the underhook, retain, spin back to the cage when he needs to. Uh, you know, However, he is a tough guy with a good gas tank, so I, I just wouldn't hate just him having more of a pressure-based game like I would with a lot of grapplers, right? Um, as long as he doesn't turn into Phil Davis and get stuck striking on the back foot, he can still grapple off his back foot and chain, thankfully. But uh, but yeah, he he's um, you know, I could see him being top ten. Um, he would have to really turn a corner for me to um, push push to see him in a top five matchup down the line. But uh, possibly top ten. Um, <laughs> Pascal Roshan, it's about damn time, my man. I appreciate you. Same with Brian three at B three twenty twenty, giving some love. Sammy Arnett um said uh. Says, uh, why does Whaley get a negative response when wearing her flag, but is not the same with other fighters whose countries have also done atrocities? Valentina flaunts her red Kyrgyzstan flag when she walks out. Kamjat flaunts his, his Chechen flag, where the dictator encouraged execution of homosexual men, but these two get praised for it. Why can't we just appreciate what each fighter does on an individual level instead of criticizing them for the flag they walk out with? Um, I agree. I agree. Not that fighters are beyond criticism for what they do or represent, but yeah, man. Uh, something, you know, again, I'm not even the dude in sports culture. I figure if anybody should be out of touch with this, it should be people like me. But, like, it's the sports dudes who can't get that, like, did we see countries you know, support their country or a flag all the time. But you're right. They're not consistent with how they treat those, uh, even according to their own ideologies, which is, again, just the silly part, right? Because it's like y'all are, you know, the, the, the communist, the, the Cuban communist, the guy with the Russian sickle in his, uh, the girl with the Kyrgyzstani flag, the guy, the, the Chechen dictator with the uh, homosexual genocides. Like, yeah, you're right. All these different parts of the globe, all these different fighters, all these different genders and demographics, yeah, they're they're just as, if not more, tieable and way more vocal than Wei Li or any Chinese fighter, by the way, about their, um, about their. The only person that's ever gotten vocal is was is a uh, Li Jingliang when he when he was when he was just like um, what was it Zhong uh, uh some Chinese uh Chinese power, like yeah, he was just like you know, and that could be like a general thing, you know. Although granted, well, who has you love to say Chinese power? If they say white power, I'm like, well. <laughs> it's kind of been in power let's be honest here um people like lee uh traditionally not so he wants to empower himself but i you know you know you get into that okay velasquez has brown pride if he had white pride and it's just you know it's like we get rehashing into this and it's just like this fucking beach ball in mma it's stupid yeah i know it, it, it's stupidly inconsistent and that's what i point out you know same with the Rose, same with the Rose stuff. Like she's like communist and China's kind. Of, well, it's a different type of communism, especially if you consider what the CCP actually is today. Not defending them by any means, but if we're you know communism is the enemy, um, it was actually Russia that did it, and something called the Russo-Sino split in the late fifties. Their ideologies were so different and sick of being conflated for one another. That's where the actual Russian-Russo-Sino uh, split actually came from. So it's like. Yeah, but let's let's watch a '90s basketball documentary and use anti-Semitic slurs to a Chinese person. 
which was the better read than dead, actually, if you actually fucking contextualize it within Rose's history. Because, again, I'm ignorant too, folks. And even though Rose did not show any care for Zhang's history or background, um, I did what she told Zhang Weili and everybody else to do to look up Lithuanian history. That I did. And their problematic past with uh, what was once a Jewish bastion society for many centuries. Jewish people were welcome there, and now they have a very sketchy history, and all you have to do is cite the stuff that Rose espouses and is quite proud of. But hey, hey, whatever, right? We're just here to just here to talk about fights. Hopefully I can get back to that now, folks. Uh, that was listener questions. Sorry for the long and eventful episode, but hey, now we can just go right into next week. We can go to business fights, and then maybe off weeks from now on, I can hit you guys the top fives. Um, I was thinking about doing it this week, um, but uh, I've been having trouble getting... Uh, I didn't reach out to a lot of people. I only reached out to a couple. And um, and I don't know, I'm going to try to get that for you. I'm gonna try, I hate bugging people to do my podcast because I'm like, who wants to do this shit? Um, and people are busy, too. They're legitimately busy, so I'm not offended. I just like, eh, I want to bug people, man. But uh, I'm going to do my best to remind the masses uh, who does the top five content, how it should be, and who does histor- you know, <laughs> one of the, you know, the few people who actually try to do historical content with these top five shows. It's, I love them. They make me happy. They make you guys happy. And I really do am going to make it a, a goal to just do one a month. And I'm starting that booking process now. So, um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be hitting you guys with uh, some more... Um, Good stuff. Oh, I put Rounders scene for betting perspective. I was watching Rounders and there's this scene, you know. I know I, I did, you know, while well, I'm parlays, I, you know, I know my man, C, you know, shouts to the Dogger Pass podcast, Paul and CJ. Uh, those guys, obviously OGs who deserve all the credit in the world, been killing it. But, um, you know, and obviously it's been a kind of a harder week for, for a lot of people lately. And and I think what happens is when we, we, we all, you know, because it wasn't just me that did well. It wasn't just them to do. It, 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 what I notice is a lot of times when 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 a lot of people when 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 a decent amount of us do well, uh, the masses do well, right? When a lot of us do bad, a lot of us do bad. If that makes any sense for these cards. And there's a scene in Rounders that just made a lot of sense when uh, when um, Matt Damon's talking to uh, Kanish, right? Um, John Turturro's character, you know, and he was just like, uh, you know. Matt Damon's going for the big plays, looking for that big money, you know, wants the big sheet at the table, going to play a tournament, yada, yada. And um, Kanish is like, you know, trying to talk some sense into him. And Matt Damon's like, oh, what the fuck do you know, Kanish? You know all the angles, huh? Look at you, always being conservative, safe, huh? Playing behind your little safe wall and, like, giving him crap for being, you know, uh, more safe and conservative. And Kanish, you know, he counters and he goes, hey, my kids eat. My kids are going to go to college. You know, because Kanish was a grinder. You know, he was just grinding small profits, small profits, and was okay with that. And I think that's how I built a lot of my bankroll and a lot of my betting style. You know, I've been taking a lot of snipe shots, if you noticed. Uh, I, I went big lately, and even toward the end of that cashing run there with some round props and parlays, and thankfully did okay with them, right? It was enough to cash out, like I said, the beginning of the show. But... It's like MMA betting, right? It's a matchup perspective. There is no set. Even if something feels like a trend and you've been cashing on what feels like a trend by following it as a trend, there really aren't those things. You know, it's 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 a volatile game. You really got to judge. You got to come into everything with a clean slate and judge it by the matchup. 
And how you want to bet is how you want to bet. If you want to be more like Matt Damon, go and be like Matt Damon. Have some fun out there. If you want to be more like Kanish, be more like Kanish. What I'm saying is that I'm just trying to be smarter and just trying to be more like Kanish right now because I think that's better for me. If I'm confident, hopefully I have the power to make those, you know, Matt Damon style plays. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to tighten up, polishing my sniper rifle. Really going to polish my approach here, folks. There's a lot of bullshit that distracted me. Um, but... Once I get this fucking cast off next week, next Thursday, baby. Oh, your boy is getting back. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into shape, turning myself back into a fucking machine. Getting back to the old me. Going to be healthy, happy. And just really, you know, really focus on being happy. Uh, the content that I want to do and making that even better. And uh, making more time on the side um, for other stuff, whether it be, you know, family, girlfriend, outdoor stuff, all of it, right? Grappling. So yeah, um that's it. Um yeah, that's pretty Hobo Cop. Hobo Cop won. That was a fun fight. Oh, Hobo Cop Jung Young Park kinda gotta be on there. Fuck that. Hobo Cop Jung Young Park, uh Brad. I'm gonna put that for an honorable mention number five. How much of a roller coaster ride was that fucking fight? Hobo Cop. Fucking he's the not making for the Portuguese accent folks, like I said on the Vivi. Um, that's actually is his title. Uh, uh, Brad uses it too, but uh, the backstory that I, I came up with is that he's a uh, he's part of Bolsonaro's personal guard in between fights, and Hobo Cop uh, cleans the streets of Sao Paulo uh, from the from the from from from, from the filthy homeless. Right? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> the unhoused. I'm kidding, folks. Just kidding. Obviously, it's actually something that I probably shouldn't be joking about this day and age. Because there's a lot more of that, and there's just a lot of bullshit and a lot of hate, folks. That's all I. That's all. I, that's all I'm against. I, I just hate the bullshit. I hate the hate. That's all I want. Just less of that, please. Less of that. Let's check it. Let's call it out where it is, uh, so we can get back to enjoying the fucking good things about life. Because there's way too much hate. I don't think we need to be political to agree on that, and we can all agree on that without getting political, right? Right? There's a lot of hate speech. Let's just call it out instead of making excuses. Just fucking call it out. And move on with your day. Don't waste your calories defending racists or racial rhetoric. Don't be that. Don't be that person, folks. Don't be that person. Be good to people. Step back. Try to learn something. Love one another. Let's refresh so we can finish this year strong. Kick ass. And always protect your necks.